to Beyond the Void. For our podcast. That's right. It's episode 273. Yep. Okay. You got me mixed up from last week. I know, but I accidentally put 100. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, this is episode 273, and this week we are going to be doing the Dark Man Trilogy. Now, some of you are going, hey, that's not horror. Well, guess what, buddy? It's kind of horror. It's based off horror monsters, and I think that we can uh, talk about it. So we decided that we were going to do it. Sometimes it's nice to go off the beaten path a little bit and find horror adjacent titles that horror fans will watch because it's one by a director, Sam Raimi. I would say that he's a pretty famous horror director, considering Evil Dead and all the other movies that he did for that. But also Darkman is kind of an anti-hero. So it is one of the first hero sort of bad guys that we got. Some would say very ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Now, this is not my first time seeing these movies. I have seen these movies, but probably Dark Man I saw three times over the course of all these years, including this last time. And then the sequels I might have watched, but I barely remember anything about it. What about you? Oh, this was my first time. So when you said we were going to watch these movies, yeah, I, I thought I was like, oh, cool. I love that Alec Baldwin movie. Ah, <laughs> The Shadow. Yeah, I thought you meant And then I was like, oh, shit, this isn't The Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty apropos because, you know, there is some connections there, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, I know this is a beloved franchise for a lot of people. A lot of people that are just below my age, I think, a little bit more than others. But, um, you know, I wasn't like a huge fan of this. So um, but I really like to kind of put myself through watch rewatching movies that I haven't seen in a long time to try to find those gems and, you know, just kind of get a well-rounded kind of understanding of film in general from people who have made some horror movies, especially, too. So what about you? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Deep thoughts by Christina. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh how are you this week how are things going good how are you pretty good i slept next to you every night for the past you know however many days oh is that left. who that was yeah <laughs> okay. that was me <laughs> i'm getting over sickness so i've been having like bronchitis so if you hear me breathe heavy over the past couple of like months it's because they're like alex you've been breathing heavy since you <laughs> started <laughs> i try to cut them out you pieces of shit <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, um, I'm getting over getting, being sick a little bit, so I feel much better for three months. (laughs) No, it's been two months. Oh, sorry. It's been two months. Yeah. 
But it's just one of those things. I, I used to get chronic bronchitis, chronic pneumonia, pneumonia less, bronchitis a lot more. But it would always take me two, three months sometimes to get over it. Partially because I, I smoke. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> hey, man, it's, a, it's an addiction, man. What do you want from me? Yeah, so, uh, Christina, what's new in your life? Come on. Like, what's going on? Like, you've been watching some shit that without me, and what have you been watching? I don't think anyone would be interested, even though I'm really excited to go watch that uh, that Heaven's Gate dateline on... uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone told you about it to tell me about it, so thank you. Right, and I can't remember who it is. My bad. But But thank you. I'm watching it right after that. She loves that shit. Hell yeah. Oh, dude, I can't. That happened in 1997. I thought it was earlier. And for those of you who don't know, there's still oh. the Heaven Gates cult out there. It's not even, it's not dude, over. I went to the website, like a couple days ago, I went to the website and the Phoenix address ad- address is still on there because that's where you would have to mail back your videotapes. Is it a P.O. box or something? No, no. It's an address and it's in a, a Safeway shopping mall. But I couldn't, like, find the business on Google Maps. <laughs> it's somewhere between Candles and Fun and Safeway. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, I'm, I'm, maybe someday I'll, I'll go out that way and, like, and see what? if there's, like, a, the sweet number. Like, Christina, you better there. be careful. All right? Look. <laughs> what? They're all dead. I don't know. But the <laughs> next comic comes dead. by, you might be gone. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> Why? Just because I want to investigate it? I'll be fine. So did the the females like do anything to their genitalia or did they cuz I don't remember. I know the guys were uniking themselves but did the females uh, yes. like sew themselves up yeah, or No, well no, they chop they chop. How do you chop? There's things you could chop down there. So they like cut off the bits and then yeah, sewed it know. together? Was it there? If you guys are having a ham sandwich, it's, I'm sorry. It's it, it's <laughs> What is it or like? roast beef. Oh, my God. You're being, now you're just being fucking gross. You're just doing that to be gross. <laughs> With extra barbecue sauce. Anyway. <laughs> you having Arby's right now? Hey, have it your way. Whatever the fuck they say. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> oh, this Arby's is heavenly. Heavenly. Heaven's gate. <laughs> Brought to you by Nike. No, I'm kidding. Uh, isn't that what the shoes they were wearing? Yeah, they were wearing Nikes. Okay. And, and jogs, jogging suits. Talking about Nike Airs, huh? Nike I don't Heavens. Think they were Airs. Nike yeah. Heaven. I'm oh being totally disrespectful. Yeah, you are. It sucks because these were regular people who were really nice. They were smart people. Too. They were, they were yeah. like scientists. And- it just goes to show you that if if the people you surround yourself with have a lot of impact on your actual right. perspective perspective mm-hmm. on reality like and, that nexium cult oh my god right that's why it's always good like that you know like i know a lot of people on facebook or twitter or wherever they like cut they like whittle their friends out because they don't want to have disagreements and want to you know what i mean like like there's a, a level i think yeah, like is, politics and stuff like sometimes you don't want i think politics there's to, yeah and i think there's a level that you can that should be tolerable and there's a level that shouldn't because I always have the idea in my head that, hey, these are just regular people and they can be reached at some point, no matter how frustrating the things they say or I agree with are, you know what I mean? I always feel like it, but I had to remove someone here recently <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> because he, he was saying some nasty stuff to me, man. And I and this is a person that I've known for a long time. And it just, it just is very... There's no reason to put up with it. Like, right. You're, well, if you're not going to convince, if someone's not going to have, if you listen to somebody and you're trying to see their side and they're not going to give you the same respect, fuck them. But, but in the same respect, <laughs> I do believe it is important to have 
differing opinions around well, yeah, you yeah. because you can't just have one perspective or you go down the route of the cult. right you need you need to hear other people's right. worldly yeah that's why i don't that's why i don't go wild i've had people delete me because i refuse to delete people with differing right. ideas these aren't hateful people that i keep you know they're not like i'm like well you know my friend's a nazi but you know it's he's kind of a nice one you know it's not like that <laughs> No, I don't have Nazi friends. You know what I mean? Like, these are just regular people that just have their own personal opinions about certain things that I don't agree with heavily a lot of times. But, you know, (laughs) as I'm saying, it's interesting how cults work, though. Yeah. And and how you can be susceptible to something that you didn't even realize you were. Mm -hmm. You cannot see the fire if you are not standing outside of it. I always feel bad for, like, children who are raised, like, within right well that's indoctrination that yeah that is that's tough dude because you lose everything you know a lot of people spend 20 30 years trying to get out of that or and a hell of a lot of therapy just to do it yeah i mean just look at families who have had like really like physical or you know uh mentally violent you know situations and kids blame themselves for that shit all the way up into their 60s -hmm. and these people don't even know how to deal with their lives while we're getting really deep here on the show a little right. topical. This is like a, another podcast. Hey, and we have three movies to do. Let me just put this into perspective, though. This is why I'm so analytical about fucking movies that I watch. I may not be the best worded person out there. I may not be a scholar or an English major. You know what I mean? But I do like to look in depth into things because I think it all all of art imitates life. So... You know what I mean? That's why I'm open to a lot of art, even if I don't agree with it. Although there was one movie I watched that I refused to do a review of because it was straight up fucking propaganda. And I that refused shit was it. crazy. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to tell you guys what it is because I just don't even. That's a just can hit, of worms that I don't want to open. Hit him up in the DM. Yeah, hit me up <laughs> in the DM. No, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> I think I told one I, person about it. I, it was fucking Shepard from fucking SOVs who love S or. <laughs> SOBs who love SOV. Uh-huh. Speaking of other podcasts, by the way, next week we're going to have some special guests on, and Christina has bowed out. Hell yeah. So Fuck you guys. I decided to add an extra couple of guests to the, to the episode. Who's that? And that is the Bloody Good Film Podcast. Oh, nice. I said it right the first time. <laughs> I've started to care. Well, that'll be a really good episode. It I think so. And it kind of we're we're kind of on a swing of that action horror thing. I mean, we did the Golden Child, and we did the. See, I told you you should have done that with them. We found some good movies. And, did you? And, yeah, we found some good movies that we're going to be doing that I think you will enjoy. Uh, they are a little on the outskirts of horror, but that's kind of the point. You know, they are an action horror podcast, so they do both or mixtures, and we're doing a mixture. Mm-hmm. So one's with Sylvester Stallone and one oh. is with Steven Seagal. Oh, my God. OK, good. So I'm glad, this, I'm glad I won't be here. <laughs> they already had like a uh, if you guys listen to the podcast, they did like a, a voting thing on who's the better action star. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Josh was a little disappointed with the outcome of that one <laughs> because they voted on Sylvester Stallone and Seagal. I think I can't remember who won. I think it was Seagal, but uh-huh. yeah. I'm sure you'll talk about it next week. You guys will enjoy them. We're going to have a good time. We're probably going to get drunk. It's probably going to get rowdy. So just uh, be prepared for that next week. I'll tell you the uh, movies that we're going to watch by the end, too. So if you don't follow them, I'll put a link down below so you can. But I think it might be that time. Oh, thank God. Horror shots!
right, guys. So obviously, you know, we usually pick one movie, but when it comes to doing like trilogies or franchises or things like that, sometimes we'll pick one of the movies out of the franchise. Sometimes we'll just do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a whole thing kind of drink. So yeah, I don't know. I understand what's going on here. <laughs> I got two glasses. Well, this is a trend. Okay. I'm not going to say where I got the trend. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're on a child? Oh God. People get mad at me when I mention it. Oh, he listens to TikTok. He watches TikTok. What do you fucking hate? <laughs> People get mad, dude. I, well, I didn't understand it till I got paid to go on it, like to scroll through it. You yeah. Know, on oh, Netflix. that's how they got and you. That's how they got me. And it that's really how they got is. you into the cult of yep, TikTok. The cult TikTok, yeah. The Chinese TikTok. Watch out. <laughs> They're going to call me up. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be sharing everything you own with people we don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so we decided to pick Dark Man. <laughs> And we call this one a dark man juice. So this is kind of a a roundabout way that we got to do a drink. And it's not a shot, but it is a drink. Now, there's people on TikTok that will say that you can take a shot of espresso and like basically a full cup of orange juice and mix it together and it tastes pretty good. So what we have done, you're going to take two, you know, you're going to have a whiskey glass full of espresso. Okay. One full shot. Okay, got that. And then one full 99 espresso. Of course, 99. Because that should be our sponsor for every episode. Even though the Walgreens doesn't even sell it anymore. And, and, and 99 won't even hit us back. Thanks. I'm sure we've sold enough 99, at least at this point, to warrant a little association, oh, don't you think? We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you put a whole thing of 99 in your shot of espresso. And then you have in a cup, like a large cup, you're going to pour about two thirds full of orange juice, enough for to pour, you know, your shot of espresso and into the cup of orange juice. Oh, okay. So this is going to. So now I know that this sounds disgusting. I have not tasted this yet. Neither have you. Fucking disgusting. What is this supposed to taste like? I don't know. No one said. I just said that it tastes pretty good. There's people that drink this in the morning now. Oh, my God. To get like their vitamins and everything. So I went ahead and stirred my espresso just to make sure because. And you're going to want to probably stir the shot when you pour it or, you know. Should I pour mine? When I say espresso shot, like when you get a double shot, it's more than just an ounce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, go ahead, pour it in. Stir it up. Okay, here, I'm going to go first. No, no, no. Here's, We're going to do oh, it at the same fucking time. Oh, God, calm down. Jesus. Okay. Let me see what it smells like. That does not smell good. Fuck is weird that? what is that what it doesn't that? taste bad at all what does that taste <laughs> it just tastes like orange espresso is it like a chemical reaction i don't know but it's smooth it is smooth it's like a coffee orange julius yeah yeah that's weird that's fucking weird i can't believe it actually doesn't taste bad i would assume that it would break it up and be chunky or something like that but not at all so orange juice and espresso, guys. It's good with the alcohol, too. Like, legit, I could just drink this, like, regularly. And you're getting your vitamin C and you're getting your fucking espresso. Weird. Plus, obviously, the shot is really strong. So you're getting at least a shot in this. If not, you're actually getting, like, two because that's 99 proof. Right. Actually, you're getting more than that. Because f- 40 proof, you know what I mean? Like, for vodka. Light it up. Light it up, motherfuckers! <laughs> Send that comet over here so I can cut off my genitals and drink a goddamn 
Dark man juice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So if you would like to try a dark man juice, you know how to make it. But, you know, it's up on our website. Check out our other horror shots. See if you have one that you would drink. I would love to see somebody just go and do like three shots of ours. And then somebody needs to do this. We need to like challenge people to do our shots. We are challenging you to take this shot. Orange juice and espresso. It does not taste bad. You really should just to try it. It's It's really not bad. And I feel amped up all of a sudden. Like, light it up. Light it up. (laughs) Mess it up. (laughs) Anyway, guys, if you would like to try a dark man juice, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. Right, guys, this is going to be a lengthy episode a little bit, so I'm going to try to cut it down as much as I possibly can. But now we're ready to jump into our flesh and potatoes of the Dark Man trilogy, starting with Dark Man 1 from 1990. We're going to go ahead and do that right Right, Christina. She pretty much did all the uh, the boring shit. Hell yeah, cause that's <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> all right, that's my life. What is that song? Brian Adams. Or, We're gonna is that bon, live forever. Bon Jovi. Is that Bon yeah, Jovi? Yeah, it's a Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A brilliant scientist left for dead returns to take revenge on the people who buried him alive. I would like for you to read this tagline. Okay. <laughs> In oh wait. Yeah. Thank you. In the darkest hour, there is a light that shines on every human being, but one. They destroyed everything he had, everything he was. Dark man. <laughs> Longest tagline ever. Yeah, it's really long. <laughs> um, written and directed by Sam Raimi. Who? Yeah, I know. But he did a little movie called The Evil Dead. <laughs> and Spider-Man from 2002. Spider-Man? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I was typing on my phone. Spider-Man <laughs> from 2002. Spider Man. It must be like a like the Bollywood Stop version. Stop it! Shut the fuck up! Drag me to hell, okay? And many more. The screenplay was written by uh, Chuck Farrer. Farrer. I think that's how you say it. Uh, he did Hard tar- 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 Target. Hard Target. Hard Target. Hard Target. <laughs> Uh, barbed wire, you know, with Pamela Anderson, and he also did the virus with. Oh, uh, uh, you mean virus? Ja- yeah, virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Uh, also written by Ivan Rami, who also wrote "Drag Me to Hell." He also wrote Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three. He wrote. <laughs> he wrote some issues. He wrote some issues. He wrote some episodes of Ash versus Evil and Army of Darkness. Which I love the show. Fuck all of you who don't. You guys are soulless. <laughs> all right. And then we got Daniel, also written by Daniel Daniel and Joshua Golden, who wrote Out on a Limb and Problem Child. Problem Child, huh? Wow. Also, uh, music was composed by Danny Elfman. Uh, big yeah. composer, early 90s. Yeah. That sounds very reminiscent of another hero super movie. That came out the year before. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, starring Liam Neeson. You know that guy? You know that actor? He plays Peyton. I will find you. 
and I will kill you. <laughs> I wanted to pull up some movies that... I don't have money. Maybe you... <laughs> what I do have is a very set skill base. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, I wanted to pull up some movies that maybe we forgot that he was in, so mm-hmm. I pulled up like Batman Begins. Remember he was in that? Mm-hmm. And Bat... Uh, yeah, Batman Begins, and then he was... Uh, uh, it's Star Wars. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes, thank you. And he was in The Haunting yeah. from 1999 and uh, well, Schindler's List. Fun fact, this is Liam Neeson's first action starring role. Oh, really? Yes. First action? Yep. Oh, that's weird. Oh, wait. And we, and we have uh, Francis McDormand. Dorman. McDormand. McDormand, who plays Julie. You know, she was in Fargo. Yes, the lead lady. Yeah. yeah she's really good in She's it too. very good at it. She was also an almost famous. Uh, she plays God in Good Omens. Oh. Yeah. Didn't know that. And she was in Primal Fear. Okay. Lots of movies she's been in. Uh, Larry Drake, who plays Durant, uh, he's Dr. Giggles. Mm-hmm. He was also in L.A. Law for a long time. He was also in Dark Night of the Scarecrow as Bubba. Mm-hmm. Okay. I put that in there. Did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why is this in I here? Know, I, don't I didn't this. put that in there. All right. And then we got Colin Friels, who plays Lois, was in Dark City. Yep. The Turning and Malcolm from 1986. Ted Raimi is also in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays Rick, including The Midnight Meat Train mm-hmm. and Drag Me to Hell. The budget, it said $14 million, but which at the time was a couple million under the regular mainstream picture. Yeah. Yeah. Which I added in there because it was. Okay. A lot of the movies at that time were doing $16 million to $20 million budgets. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's not that bad then. Yeah. And what did you think of this first Darkman? It's probably, by the way, that's probably why they let him do this movie, <laughs> is that he oh, did it under, under the regular standard budget. Ah. So first off, I just want to mention, we watch these on Shudder, okay? So all three, these are the, this is the 95-minute cut. There is supposedly a two-hour cut out there somewhere, but there's a big story behind it, and Sam Raimi's version is the two-hour one. I don't know that there's a copy available to anybody. But it's out, it, it, there was one. I just want you to be aware that this is the, the version we watched that was on Shudder and is the same one that Shout Factory did. Okay? So this is a movie that I have seen. I mentioned I saw it probably like three times, including this time. In the past, You obviously, I saw it a couple of times. But I've not returned to it for some time. I, I don't think I've ever gotten into it as much as everybody else was. Even though I've always been a Raimi fan, and I think of movies like Crime Wave, which I really liked, at least the beginning of, because it's super animated and crazy and comic book-like. So it kind of makes sense that he would do a superhero movie, because he's got this style about him that's very animated camera wise shots wise everything and this this one was nice to revisit actually and just a a very odd duck of a movie that feels firmly planted in the type of action hero films we got back then at that time because it was like 89 90 and 91 that there was just like rapid fire crazy little tiny everybody wanted an origin story Superhero movies. Dick Tracy, we got The, the Shadow, Shadow, Spawn, Tank Girl, The Crow, The Mask. Yeah, everything was yeah. like coming out at that time. And, you know, it's just the type of acting that was different back then. We don't get that type of acting anymore. Just like they say about the 80s, we don't get that type of 90s acting anymore. Right. Everybody's a little more frank with each other when you when you get the writing now. And I don't know if that's because we're better at writing or we just speak to each other differently now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But it definitely feels like a page out of Tim Burton's Batman, you know, to a degree. Danny Elfman's music in it, which doesn't really help 
or doing any favors to separate it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, because obviously Tim Burton did the first one. This has kind of a darker concept, though, you know, played silly about a man who is the master of disguise. He becomes the master of disguise because he's working on a skin substitute that makes, you know, to help people out who have like burn victims and things like that. And he's working on this project and he it's mixed. He gets mixed up with a bunch of goons who are out to basically do no good and he gets his hands and face and everything burned and melted off and pretty much left for dead in an exploded building of his work he had this perfect relationship with this other lady named julie and it it was like the best relationship they ever had and he just so happened to get mixed up on some sort of she was doing a case she's like a lawyer and she gets mixed up with this accidentally and uh he pays the price for it the ultimate price almost But he survives and comes back to exact his revenge and become the master of disguise. He plays the he he pays the Joker price. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a very there's a ton of different references to other superhero movies and things all mishmashed into a Frankenstein sort of dark man plot. Right. Is what it feels like. Yeah. It's not really horror, but it's it's definitely adjacent enough to make people sort of root for the bad guy, which Darkman isn't really either. He's not good or bad. And he, let's just say he does very bad things to very bad people. So he's kind of like a Dexter. But mostly this is an homage from Sam Raimi's past, you know, growing up with monster movies. But if you were to ask Sam Raimi, it was definitely a, a copy of The Shadow and meets Batman or something of the like, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, Sam Raimi actually tried to do The Shadow. Oh, really? Yes, as a movie, but couldn't secure the rights. And before that, he was up for one of the directors to do Batman. Oh. The Batman. Not, yeah, well, Batman. Well, Burton's Batman. Burton's Batman. Yeah, yeah, but Burton got it. Right. So he came up with this other character, and it's kind of a mishmash of all these different things, you know. Which I always find fascinating with directors, especially those with a lot of control over the story in particular, because they kind of tell a tale of these directors' childhoods, you know? It's like a, it's like a, you know, like I said, Frankenstein sort of piecing together of all your childhood favorite things, things that amazed you, things that impacted your life or maybe even horrified you. It's just a copy of their past in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what he did here. He did say that it, he kind of stepped out of his box a little bit with this one because it was more character development than something like Evil Dead, which is kind of over the top mm-hmm. and is a lot easier to write because it's not realistic. And this one even though it's not very realistic, is more of a realistic approach. But at the time, you know, hero movies were being pumped out with making anyone and everyone a comic book stylish type film. So you have to appreciate it for trying to do an R-rated hero movie before R-rated hero movies even existed. And I think that's why there was a huge appeal to this, because there was a lot of promise in the idea of like, hey, we could do how the comic books really are. You know what I mean? Even though this isn't a super gory movie or anything like that. It just has some themes that are kind of dark, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. It's just a mix of ideas that Sam Raimi wanted to to do to create his own thing. And, you know, it has a lot of signature camera work that Raimi is known for. So it's 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 even a little bit more animated than normal. (laughs) And it's got some crazy action scenes that you'd kind of expect from like a diehard movie or something like that. But mixed in with this sort of dire story 
Phantom of the Opera, Popcorn, The Invisible Man, The Shadow, Batman, all wrapped into this weird movie. So it, it has a lot of super over-the-top physical acting that Sam Raimi loves. And seeing Liam Neeson act in that particular style is a little jarring for people, I think, considering the breadth of talent that he has in right. these sort of action thriller movies. Like, I don't have money. <laughs> I will find you and I will kill you. You know, like, so it's it's really weird. And he, you know, Sam Raimi has a lot of quirky ass characters. That's what Sam Raimi's really known for is characters mm -hmm. that are just wild and zany. Like the guy with the machine gun leg. <laughs> yeah, that's a really weird little ad there. Larry Drake, who's in this movie, who was in L.A. Law before this, he has a really great performance. He's a really great villain for Darkman. I, I would say he is the epitome of villains for Dark Man, if there was ever to be one. I would say more so than the the ones after, <laughs> the one after in these sequels. Anyway, this is a very fast paced movie too, so it's like super sped up, like all the the like words and everything. Even some of the parts where Liam Neeson's kind of losing his mind and stuff because he's gone through this like thing, wearing fake plastic skin that only lasts for ninety nine minutes, and then he has to like run and hide because he's scared of what society will think of him. It's a, you know, it's a mirror of society. One of those kind of films that a lot of the monster movies were like anyway. Um, I even get some comparisons to like, I madman here too. Like I, which I haven't seen in forever and I want to watch it. I think it's on, what's that cheap free one to be to be it's on Tubi. Yeah. Um, I think Liam deserves uh, a little credit for taking himself in a brand new direction. He obviously proved he could do more no matter how silly and cartoonish he is in this movie. And I still think he's the best dark man of the two. All in all, it's definitely not like a perfect film for newer viewers, I'd say looking back to, you know, into Raimi's catalog to sort of experience it maybe a tough watch for newer viewers. I think specifically because it just feels like it's cut from a fucking era that no longer exists and no movies even mimic it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's very cartoonish in a way that I don't think a lot of people really understand or get nowadays. Right. And that's no disrespect to anybody who likes it. In fact, that's more of a, understanding you know because if you experience it back then you may be more of a fan of it than people who see it today but i could be wrong <clears throat> i think the basis of the story is pretty fun and uh, i think you know it's fun to watch dark man hop around in situations that he could have never been able to pull off realistically but you know that's not what this type of movie is trying to pull off it's supposed to be ridiculous and fun it's supposed to be entertaining more so than anything and it definitely can I can definitely see why people fell in love with it. But I can also see why people might not like it these days. It's uh, a very root for the dark guy kind of fun movie with a cool few couple of ideas. A lot of bad uh, green screening at the time that was not really that great. Uh, but, you know, they did what they could at the time. And it was revolutionary for them how they did it back then, the way they were using it anyway. If you can just go for the ride and just kind of enjoy it for what it is, I think it's definitely ahead of its time. And it's something that you should check out, even if you don't like it, just to see where we got this idea from and how it tried to change Hollywood, even if it didn't. I'd say probably a 6.5, maybe even a 7. Um, it was definitely higher this time than I remembered it being the last time. But, you know, I don't know. Some people obviously love this film, and there's a reason why, and I applaud you. I hope I'm doing this justice. And hopefully I can play it back to you in the trivia. Christina, <laughs> what did you think? Oh, God. Okay, this was a really tough watch for me. She'll be like, it's okay. <laughs> it's 
Anyway, what did you think, Alex? (laughs) So this was a really tough watch for me. Okay. Just because I could not break away with the almost beat for beat of how Batman movie this is. Specifically the end, yes. Yeah. Well, not, no, no, not just the end. It was, it was in the beginning when the music kicked off. It literally it is feels like a Batman exact movie. Exact same music. It is almost the exact same mu- music. <laughs> yeah, in the background music, and that's hard to like break away, and well, it kind of makes you angry, even though like. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I wanted you to finish. I just wanted to say after you finish that thought. So. Oh, um, because the even the background music and it, you just like I couldn't think. I couldn't get my mind out of. Well, what else from <laughs> Batman are they going to take? Because even they went. Into the scene where they, I'm not spoiling anything. You know, he gets dunked in acid. Yeah, it's and like it a literally, some solution. Well, it's not exactly, but it's pretty much like when the Joker got dipped in right. the acid. There's a lot of similarities to a lot face. of different movies. He, yeah, and then he ended up in the hospital, and then with the bandages, and then it just kept going, and, and it was just like you're a big fan of the the Burton franchise. I was not so much now, but I used to be a very big fan right. of that because it it was childhood. It was. It defined me, my childhood. Sure, it was different too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a big so Batman fan was, in general, so. Well, even though I haven't seen the new one yet, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> kind of pissed off if I haven't watched it yet. But it's okay. Um, it's just shy of saying I'm Dark Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I mean, as much as you try to stray away from it, yeah, yeah, but it's the, an homage, though. That it definitely is an homage. How is it homage it was really it was it's a mishmash homage of all these different things i guarantee you like yeah. i don't think he was trying to rip it off like people will get too close I to that when you start talking I that know, way but i was just and then i'm wondering like what was danny elfman's like what was he thinking with the soundtrack like this movie came it came out like the year before well apparently they had a really good working relationship together with this movie he really loved working with Sam Raimi. In fact, they worked together many, many times up until like Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. where they had a falling out for creative differences. Oh, okay. Well, so. makes sense. But yeah, I just, I just, I, it was too similar. They should have, he should have done something different. It was just, it was weird. I, I feel you. But you know, as a musician, as someone who's written music, it is hard to just do a new style sometimes. No, but this isn't a new style. Well, no, no, no. Just hear you... me out for a second. Let me finish my thought. I promise you, I'm not trying to put you down or anything. Um, when I, when you're writing a certain style and you're trying to hone in on that style, it takes years sometimes just to get that one style. And sometimes it takes years to break out of that style because it's just ingrained into you so much that you're just kind of morphing and changing as it goes. So obviously this was very similar to it and they clearly didn't mind it being similar. So... I get it, but he was an Oingo Boingo, and that's totally different. Anyway. <laughs> it's not totally different. Well, it's different enough. A lot of the songs this, sound very ba- similar. Batman though. and this Dark Man, they're not different. There's nothing, it maybe except like one beat. Okay, so different. you're angry. Anyway, you're so angry now. now. I'm angry. So the action was ridiculous. It was nice seeing Liam Neeson in this. It was like, you know, this is different for what I've seen him in. And yeah, like you mentioned, the green screen stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes, pretty green. noticeable. It's, yeah, but I don't know. Was that that one? No, there was better. It, there was better green screens back. They've then. gotten way better at it just because of the like science and the math behind right. it. Because they yeah, they have cameras it. that can move with. They the, didn't light it right. Yeah. I, that's what I think. They didn't light it right. There's but. just tracking now where they can track that kind of stuff in, so it doesn't vibrate or move 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that they can keep a consistent image like straight. I liked um I liked the look of Darkman with the bandages and the teeth. That was pretty creepy. There right. I could see why you would consider it a horror movie. Honestly, I don't really consider it a horror movie. I don't I think it just comes from from monster movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a monster movie. Yeah, it is definitely like comes from that. But we've come so far from that, so Yeah, I don't but really... all of those monster is... movies are reflections of society. Dark Man is a reflection of society. Okay. 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10. Out wow. Of 10. So if you guys want to know watch it again. Hit me up in the DMs if you need an address <laughs> to bomb. No, <I'm> just <laughs> I know you live here too. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a five. I don't think it's average. I think it's average. Really? I think not, it, I, no, and it, I swear to God, it's only because I could not. I tried, compared to Batman, you think it's I like average? I tried to like not compare it going in because you were starting to get mad at me because I kept bringing it up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so shut up and keep it for I the fucking podcast. I was trying not to, but I just could. I just couldn't get it out of my head. And it, ru- right. it ruined it for me. Well, there you it have it, it, guys. I, this is why this bombed. This is why this movie bombed. You can go ahead and ship all of your eggs and tomatoes, and I'll throw it at her for a pro- <laughs> donation. Well, I'm going to take a sip of my orange espresso. Yeah, you need to chill out. She's amped up, though, from it. I- oh, yeah, I should stop drinking that. I got to go to bed tonight. Anyway, I think, it's a, I think it's a decent film. I can see why people like it. It is not my particular taste. I don't think it's a bad movie. I would like to watch it again sometime. I don't know how soon I'll watch it. You know, it could be every couple of years or so, maybe two or three years whenever I'm getting the 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 dark man urge. But I can definitely see where a lot of people saw promise in this fucking idea. And the way that they marketed it too back then was like very ominous. They just had a guy in a picture and I think it just got people's minds working. It got them imagining what could they make this dark character out of. Mm-hmm. And if you're a 50s fan, this is like falling right in line. It is. It is. You know, this is universal fucking pictures. You know what I mean? Like, this is, it, it, it is one of the first uh, t- direct-to-video, actually, uh, the sequels uh, for Universal, actually. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. So, I don't know. I just think, you know, I can. I just want to, I didn't love it, but I like it. I think it's it's cool. It's different. It's unique. And I could see watching this with Batman. Is Batman better? Yes. Is Tim Burton Batman's better? Probably, yeah. No. Really? Christopher Nolan Batman's better. I'm just saying, in per- b- basing Tim Burton's in this one, okay? Since, <laughs> since they're like a year apart, they're very similar. Okay. Anyway, if you like Batman, you might want to try Darkman. That's all I'm saying if you've never heard of it or watched it, okay? The Tim Burton Batman. Give it a whirl. But we do have some trivia for this movie, and this is going to be the longer portion of the trivia because the other movies didn't really have it. But if you don't want anything spoiled for Darkman, you can watch it up on Shudder. You can watch all three and or skip to the next Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. Spoiler free review after this. If you want to skip to it, the notes are down below. But other than that, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. There was a pilot for a TV show of this. What happened? They actually completed it. It's a two-parter. So it was a completely different actor. I watched a little bit of it today. Oh, do they have it so you can watch it? Fox was going to do it. So I guess they own, well, I don't know if they own it, but they they, they were the ones that they pitched it to. It was going to be a Darkman TV show. Larry Drake returned as Durant while Christopher Bowen took over the role of Peyton Westlake and Darkman. In the retconned origin, Durant killed Peyton for his skin regeneration formula instead of the document that revealed Louis Strack's shady dealings. 
Also, Julie is now dead, having perished in the explosion that scarred Peyton. Oh, and Darkman is suddenly British for some reason. Oh. Probably because Liam Neeson was Irish. Oh, oh, yeah, he was foreign. (laughs) But this is all stuff that they added into the sequels, if you noticed. Yeah. Like part two and three. Right. Um, I do have links to the TV pilot part one and two. I will include them in the things that we talked about in the podcast section of our page. So if you want to go to our longlivethevoid.com and check out our episodes, it'll be in there. So if you want to check it out for you Darkman fans. But according to Tappert, Smith had agreed to work on Darkman so long as he could do it alone. In a matter of just three weeks, Smith had in, had delivered an alternative cut of the movie that was much shorter than Raimi's version. Sadly. Smith's most valiant efforts, test audiences failed to connect with Darkman. So they added nine minutes, hoping to salvage this supposed cut. That's why this movie seems a little fast-paced and rushed, is because there was a lot of nuanced things that were happening behind the scenes with Darkman that Sam Raimi wanted, and his version actually tested more positively. Figures. But they had already kind of made the decision to cut it down because they didn't think people would come to the theater to see it, I guess. I mean, it makes sense. Two hours and 48 minutes is a long ask of people back then. Oh, yeah, especially back then. Nowadays, you could get away with that shit. If you watch it at home. That's why I haven't gone and seen Batman yet, because I can't sit in the theater for that long. He said, and this is what Tappert said, he said, Universal sent us away. We came back, and the editor had cut it down from two hours and 85 minutes. Excuse me. Oh, no, so from two hours to 85 minutes. So it was not two hours and 48 minutes. Sorry, I, I got confused. Two hours to 85 minutes. And it did not test as well as the longer version, which was Sam's cut. I think we went through four or five more test screenings, and each time the score got lower and lower and lower, and we got more depressed. <laughs> it goes without saying that Sam Raimi's back was up against the wall, and they were hoping to make Universal see the appeal of this Darkman concept. Thankfully, there were people working on the film who were willing to go to bat for the director, including Danny Elfman, who at one point threatened to remove his name from the movie on account of how Raimi was being strong-armed by the studio. Wow. That's how good of a working relationship they had. Right. And that's pretty cool. That is cool. Only Danny Elfman could get away with that. (laughs) No other sound guy could do that shit. Not in a big-budget mainstream movie like that. Ultimately, what Sam Raimi wanted to do is just create an entertaining film. He wanted you to hopefully connect with a guy that was the human that Liam Neeson played as Peyton, who was transformed into this monster who was rejected by society. And if you enjoyed that, he was ultimately happy. He just wanted to make a fun, entertaining film that he wanted to make more realistic than he had done in the past. And he feels that he did that. Um, There are reports, though, that Sam Raimi has distanced himself from this movie, probably because they cut his movie to shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone said, hey, uh, I like your painting, but I'm going to only take 70% of it. You would be a little upset, too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Sam Raimi said that Larry Drake was, you know, obviously in L.A. Law and that he absolutely loved the character of Durant, which he was when they did the the reading with him. He had never heard of him. He never he didn't watch L.A. Law. And he said he just got instantly kind of like nervous around him a little bit Mm -hmm. and that there was this thin veneer of comedy underneath his delivery and (laughs) that he really liked that. Mm-hmm. That it gave this character more nuance and made it more, you know, like a part of Darkman and that Larry Drake really got the part and he deserved it. And instantly they were like, yeah, he's the one, which I think, you know, that balance of the comedy started to shift in the sequels to more comedy than the original movie. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they weren't 
they weren't trying to balance it anymore. They were just like, let's hey, just throw a stupid joke out. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Where in the first movie is more of a balance of that, and it doesn't teeter too much and go over, I think. There are some, you know, silly parts in it. But for the most part, it has its own sort of style and doesn't go way, 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 way too far. Mm-hmm. You know, and each character, of course, that ever that that uh, what's his name? Peyton or Dark Dark Man had to wear the face mask of had to do two different versions of themselves, too. So it's like a variation, their character and then a variation of their character being played by Liam Neeson. Do you understand? So that is a very tricky thing to do as an actor a little bit uh-huh. to kind of have that subtlety in there. Larry Drake really liked that opportunity to be able to do that. He said one of the hardest parts about filming was the little props that he had with the the cigar and the cigar cutter. Uh He said it would keep coming apart every time. Like he would do this really great acting scene and then it would just fuck up. Oh, no. Yeah. And then he was just like, it was just such a stupid little fucking thing that fucked everything up. And he it really annoyed him, but it was a challenge. They even dried out the cigars so it would light easier. Because cigars aren't easy to light because they're a little moist. Right. Um, that's why I use those propane ones now. Mm-hmm. But the um, acting wise, he said was he wanted. To, he said the hardest part was really trying to portray the character of Darkman playing Durant. Mm-hmm. He said that was the hardest thing that he had to kind of subtle difference to make in his acting. So they kind of sat down and talked it out how they would do it. Mm-hmm. Something I saw in an interview when he was talking about. Sam Raimi, by the way, is something he said in an interview that I really liked and I, I wrote it down, is that he feels that horror and comedy have very similar setups. And that's why they were, that's always been his cup of tea while doing his movies, is that with comedy, you have the the setup and then you have the punchline. So, and in horror, you have the suspense and then you have the scare. So it's like the buildup and he just felt like that's why he's always kind of worked well with that kind of comedy and uh, horror, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Even though he considers this movie an action romance. That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. So, uh, also, Bruce Campbell actually dubbed Liam Neeson in this movie, too. Really? Wow. Well, the television version, by the way. Oh. Because you know how they have to like go in and change some of the words because they're not rated for television? Mm-hmm. Because this is an R-rated movie, so instead of saying, you son of a bitch, uh-huh. he would say, you son of a gun. or something like that and i guess they you know bruce campbell was in the mixing room when they were there and he was like hey bruce can you go over there and do a little quick liam neeson real quick just uh (laughs) do a little little thing there and he's like oh well all right all right he also has a cam cameo in this movie yeah he does but yeah he did that little television version where you couldn't swear Mm -hmm. so there's like a part of him saying something to julie in the television version that you might have seen on tv or something Mm mm-hmm uh, but yes, he is at the end. Bruce Campbell is at the very last scene. He's credited as Final Shemp, which is a reference to Shemp Howard, who was frequently doubled by lookalikes in the Three Stooges projects after his death, oh, which is Sam okay. Raimi's like whole thing. I was wondering why it said that. I was like, does that mean like the final guy? Like what? Yeah, like, no, what? Final okay. Shemp is that. Yeah, that's the double of all the Three Stooges and all that. Oh. Okay. So it's just it's just a, his nod. There's a couple of nods in here. We'll get into that. Uh, Bruce Campbell also did talk about in his book, If Chins Could Kill, he talked about a, a cut scene that, that was in the film where the main antagonist, Louis Strack Jr., played by Colin Freels, 
spread gold coins across the covers of his bed, strip naked, and rise atop the money in a fetish, fetishistic <laughs> ecstasy. He said the scene was deemed too disturbing by test audiences, <laughs> and it was cut from the film. Campbell also confesses that that was his personal favorite, which I'm sure it's this, this great sarcasm that he has. You know who was up for the role of Westlake, a.k.a. Darkman? Who? Bill Paxton. Ah. There's some beef on that, too, because according Spill to Paxton. That Spill that tea, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not longer with us. So. He, <laughs> he, he told his friend Liam Neeson about the audition when Neeson got the role. Paxton was really fucking angry about that, that he did not speak to Neeson for months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Director Sam Raimi wanted Bruce Campbell originally to play the lead role, but they didn't think he was strong enough. Right. So they wanted Neeson. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. Yeah, you know? exactly. Aww. Yeah, I, I, can you imagine being in that situation with one of your friends? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Bill Paxton would have been, I don't know. I know Bill Paxton did some really cool fucking like roles, well, and I could see somebody wanting like him wanting to dig their teeth into a role like this. But you don't know what was going behind. I mean, did did maybe like it was it because Liam Neeson didn't tell him he auditioned for the role? Like there could be a little bit more. Uh, did, or did Bill Paxson like tell Liam Neeson about the role and then he went and auditioned? Liam I don't did. know. You I know don't think I mean? it's you that. You don't know why he could have been mad. Calm down, fucking <laughs> wives of New York. <laughs> Jesus. This ain't fucking reality TV. <laughs> um. But Liam Neeson was attracted to the role anyway because Sam had, had a very youthful, raw energy, he said. He, he also liked the idea of the classic monsters that Darkman sort of pays homage to because he loved the, the connection between the monsters and society, which, you know, not a lot of people at the time when those movies came out really understood until later on. Right. So he said he liked the idea of the man within the monster that society had rejected, and he thought he would give it a whirl. Julia Roberts was actually up for Julie Hastings' character, the love interest, mm -hmm. before she got the role in Pretty Woman in 1990. Oh, weird. So, yeah, obviously she made the right choice there. Yeah. That made her a huge star. Right. This would not have made her a huge oh, no. star. No, even though she, uh, who played her? The girl from Fargo you're talking about? Yeah, Frances McDormand. She actually, she, she did pretty good for herself i mean right but you know it's, i'm just saying that like that was the pivotal role for her julia roberts oh, yeah for pretty well <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, for, totally. yeah but uh demi moore was also considered for the role of julie and uh bridget fonda actually also tested for the role which i think is weird that's weird um a lot of people know that sam raimi is close friends has been like lifelong friends with joel and ethan cohen who mm -hmm. do fargo and all that other stuff so it's probably why oh, yeah. what's her name got the part um Sam Raimi did some uncredited doctoring on the on the uh, finished script with them. So, oh, but the script went through twelve different drafts overall, and the reason is because Sam wanted to explore Peyton and uh, Darkman's arc over the course of the film, and he decided he said, "I decided to explore a man's soul in the beginning, a sympathetic, sincere man in the middle of a vengeful man committing heinous acts against his enemies, and in the end, a man full of self hatred for what he's become, who must drift off into the night, into a world apart from everyone he knows and all things that he loves." So a little bit more on the screenings for these movies, by the way. The screenings did not go well. People laughed in all the wrong places. And they complained about a lack of happy ending. 
Universal told Sam Raimi that, that some of the people rated it the worst film they had ever seen, according to the executives, and the film was one of the worst scoring pictures in Universal's history. <laughs> oh, out. Yeah. I, I think it's a little too much. I mean, considering we saw Tom, uh, what's his name? Tom Cruise's mummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just maybe even for then it was a little too kooky I for have, them. I have no regrets that we went and saw that in the movie theater. No regrets. I think Batman ruined Darkman. If Darkman would have come so. out before Batman. Yeah, then it, I think it would have been. It probably. Yeah, I think I, so. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it was just too close. It was way too close. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. What do you guys think? Do you think that if Darkman would have come out before Batman, it would have been heralded Bigger. as one of the best fucking pictures ever made or something? And then made like 17, some, you know, <laughs> 10 other sequels of Batman. It probably would have been a TV show. And, yeah. You know, it Lunch through. boxes. I mean, yeah. fucking kids would have had tattoos on their buttholes. <laughs> um, that's, I have a Batman tattoo, Alex. On your butthole? <laughs> Almost. It's close. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> Uh, that I have not seen. <laughs> I've not explored, I guess, as much as uh, Batman has. What, really? Well, since Do it's you a, just don't it's, remember? It's a Batman tattoo. Yeah. No, no, never mind. Okay, anyway, so. Oh, my God. It says, there was two preview screenings. One with Danny Elfman's score went well. Rob Tappert remembers, the experience on Darkman was very difficult for Sam and me. It isn't the picture we thought it would should be, based on the footage we shot and all that. The studio got nervous about some kind of wild things in it and made us take them out, which was unfortunate. However, Raimi did like the brilliant marketing campaign that the studio came up with, which I mentioned, releasing posters in advance of the silhouette of the main character and the question, who is Darkman? Which is great. That's what gets people all juiced up to drink coffee and fucking, uh, you know, <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> Francis McDormand and Sam Raimi were actually housemates at the time. As the, the future Marge Gunderson reveals in a new interview on the Collector's Edition Blu-ray, Francis McDormand was living with the Coen brothers and Raimi in the Silver Lake neighborhood of Los Angeles when Darkman went into production. Oh, that's how. So it says McDormand claims Raimi cast her in an effort to create a character who would break the traditional damsel in distress mold. Also to make sure that uh, she was able to make rent. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, hold on. So they're, they're wanting to break the damsel in distress even though she caused all of this to happen? Did she? I mean, not yeah, really. she fucked up the document. No, she was doing she her job as a fucking lawyer and came across a fucking memo that he left out. I so it wasn't a, really her I fault. I think the lawyer would have had the memo on her. Oh, but, so it's know. not the killer's <laughs> fault, Christina. It's the victim's. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow. No, was... Super woke. <laughs> anyway, um, I got a couple more here, and this will be the, <laughs> the lion's share. <laughs> One of Durant's henchmen partied with the uh, Wayne and Garth, actually. You know, if you've seen the movie. Party time, party time, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Bell, who plays the psychotic machine gun toting baddie, the one that takes the fucking leg. Yeah. He was in. Wayne's World? Yeah. As the drummer? I don't. Was, or, he was like a roadie. He was the the yeah, platonic yeah. lover. Yeah. Okay. I remember. He was the platonic guy. That's He's like, hilarious. we're in a platonic relationship. <laughs> Isn't it what it was? I like where so. they didn't like weren't sexually aroused by each other, but they just loved each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's his name? That's Wasn't good. he in part two? He was in part two as well. Right. Anyway, he was the headbanger Neil 
in Wayne's World movies, both of them. Uh-huh. So, but Marvel produced a three-issue Darkman movie adaptation comic in 1990 as well. And then three years later, future Astro City scribe Kurt Busick wrote a six-issue Darkman series drawn by ghost writer artist Javier Salteris. And Peyton Westlake briefly returns in the comics from... Uh, uh, in comics form back in 2006, thanks to Dynamite Entertainment series that pitted him against Ash from The Evil Dead. Ah. Yeah. Clearly, Raimi needs to make Darkman Ash crossover movie. <laughs> That's what someone said. I'm like, eh. uh, I don't think if they can't, if we movie. can't get a fucking Ash versus The Evil Dead off the ground TV show, which I hate all of you for fucking canceling, like, I hate all of you for just not. Just letting it ride. Just don't fucking, you don't have to crusade and kill things if you don't like it. Just move the fuck on. Which is what we need to do. All right. (laughs) Wow, what a segue. All right, so I have a few little nuggets of uh, trivia tucked into the couple of scenes that I want to talk about. I don't want to get too heavy on the scenes here since we're already an hour in. Oh, my God. We got two more movies to do. And we got two more movies to talk about, but... um, Shouldn't have talked so much about Heaven's Gate. (laughs) It just had a lot of really interesting trivia, and I really liked... I think that's a big part of the show, you know? And I didn't just go to IMDb for a... I mean, there's a large chunk of it, but I had to go, like, through interviews and... All kinds of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything in the movie that you was one of your favorite scenes? I kind of liked in the beginning with the machine gun leg, which we already talked about. But then in the next morning when um, they go into the lab mm-hmm. or he goes into his lab and then all of a sudden there's like this holographic 3D printer machine from 1990. <laughs> which they use in all the sequels, by the way. Yeah. You know, the the technology didn't advance at all. Well, no, like, it did. <laughs> it looked a little better in the sequels. but a clearer, but yeah. yeah. I thought that was really funny. It made me laugh a lot. Like, yeah, it wasn't oh, as grainy, I guess, as you could say. <laughs> yeah. They advanced over five years, you know, so. Uh, my favorite scene was the the rot- rotating uh, doors oh, with yeah. Durant going around and around and around and around. That was a good scene. Shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> no, don't shoot me. Shoot him. Like, I just thought that was a really great thing. Other than that, I mean, it's just Durant's performance in general is just mm-hmm. so... It is the exact countermeasure to Darkman's measure. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I feel like they really work together. And I think that's why maybe some people like this movie, too, is because of Durant's performance. And, you know, it's very clear that, you know, they brought him back for the one of the sequels, which is out of order, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I really just love Durant's performance. And it makes me want to watch Dr. Giggles like a hard, like hardcore. So maybe we can oh. watch Dr. Giggles. In a couple weeks or something? Yeah. Okay. Like, we could watch that in, like, The Surgeon or something like that, or mm-hmm. The Pit. I liked the scene when they were at the carnival. Okay. He was there in his plain face with the girlfriend, like, after. That was a great and scene. And there was a Liam Neeson freakout moment. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, dude. Yeah, where Take he, the fucking bear! <laughs> he was throwing, <laughs> he was trying to, you know, knock, he knocked down the bottles to get the the uh, stuffed animal and the guy was like you stepped over the line I can't you st-. and then he just like freaked out on him and then he grabs the bear and he's like tries to hand it to her and she's all scared she's like, of him she doesn't want it now she's like no no that really and they did this really cool little sequence that was like you know it's dated for its time now but where his like anger you can feel his anger being strip stripping away reality Almost like the Hulk yeah and know? there's like flames coming up and like it's like ripping the sky his roid rage is coming yeah through. Yeah, I think his eyes lit up with fire. Yeah. And it was like, but dude, you, 
Dude, seeing Liam Neeson freak out in that moment yeah. was really funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was almost that like might have been one of the moments that people shouldn't have laughed at the, the, the test screenings. That probably is what happened. Because that, it, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but right. it is just it's because... It's almost a Nicolas Cage freak out. Like, yeah, it is kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's interesting. Can you imagine if Darkman, if Nicolas Cage played Darkman? Oh, my God. Nicolas Cage should play everything. <laughs> I think everybody, be for most part, I'd say 70% of society would be willing <laughs> to put Nicolas Cage in, in just about any role. If he could be a pilot in a Christian movie, <laughs> I mean, you know. I, there's some people, man, they fucking hate Nicolas Cage, dude. They, like, hate him. Which is completely and, understandable. No, I, there was a moment there where I was, like, not a fan. But right. then when I started, like, kind of happenstance coming across him mm-hmm. in other movies that I forgot that I loved. I was like, oh yeah, that's a, this is a really good role. Like, oh yeah, that's that's a really good fucking role. Like, there's nobody that does him like that, you know. So right. there's nobody like Nicolas Cage. So, <laughs> so there's a helicopter chase scene in the city where Durant's like firing a fucking grenade launcher. Happened like, dude, haphazardly out of the fucking side of the helicopter. By the way, yeah, which is just like I'm thinking to myself, like this is a nightmare. Like if he was actually firing a real grenade launcher out of the side of a helicopter, and and that's the other funny thing is that they're doing this out in the middle of the city as if nobody around would be like bothered by helicopters firing grenade launchers, and even in an industrial area, you're gonna hear that from miles away. But anyway, he's like firing at him and uh, you got Darkman comically hanging below from a fucking wire hanging from the helicopter while he's trying to fire down at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's all running on the rooftops of a truck all silly, like all fast, which was really kind of silly and kind of very um, like homage to the Three Stooges. hundred percent. Oh, totally. One hundred percent. Then suddenly he almost hits a car. And do you guys know where that car, what that car is? He literally made me pause it and be like, look, look, look. And I'm like, what? Who's in the car? I figured that out, too. Yeah, you did. So there was the Evil Dead car. That's right. Ash Williams, 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale is in the movie. The same one, in fact. The exact same one. Right. Ethan and Joel Cohen are actually the ones driving. Oh, you did. Okay. In the Oldsmobile passenger and driver, respectively. Oh, that's funny. And I and I was looking to see if they were trying to dress him up as like Ash or something like that or Scotty or something like that, but it, it's definitely not. Right? Maybe like the one of them is wearing a blue shirt, but it, uh, was it a blue jacket? It looked like he was wearing like a blue like. I couldn't like, tell. Suit. We paused it and we were looking. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed it immediately, and I was like, "Oh my god, there it is!" So, <laughs> but yeah, that was a really cool scene too because the helicopter he he clicks it like the he locks it on top of a roof of a truck and it slams into the side like the under of a bridge like and slams into the side which they were doing shit back then that you cannot do these days like at all mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like they don't do that you're not allowed to do shit yeah, like that's that true. you're not allowed to fly around the city like that as much anymore right you have to do an outside formation and you have to like it's expensive you have to photoshop that shit photoshop photoshop you mean picture or yeah whatever it's called <laughs> i don't know anyway the production shut down nine city blocks for that fucking scene 
It was a, originally a brief sequence. The studio allowed Raimi to add more stunts and explosions once they saw the footage and realized that they had a potential summer blockbuster on their hands. <laughs> so that's why the action is like jam packed into this one, which the sequels do an okay job at the action. It's just kind of meh. There was a the final battle that you want to talk about. I, I want to bring it up for you that you were comparing to another movie. Oh God! Okay, so the final battle—they're running up at like a, a a skyscraper that's being built by one of the main baddies. Yeah, the head baddie guy. And he's literally dragging the girlfriends. The Durant is dragging the girlfriend up. You know this abandoned building. Right. And I and I immediately I was like, oh my God, this is. This is the end scene in Batman. Well, wasn't it a church though that it they was climbed? A, it was a abandoned church, but still, there were. It was almost. It was almost beat because he beat. makes that bats in the belfry joke, doesn't he? Yeah, like Jack Nicholas. Yeah, he makes jokes. Yeah, or is it Nicholson? I always get confused. Jack Nicholas. Nicholson. Nicholson. Nicholas. Jack, Jack Nicholas. Nicholson. All right, whatever. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, um, Jack. Yeah, him. You know, The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? Just bash so, your fucking head. <laughs> so she, there's a, a moment in this movie where she falls and she's caught on something, right? Right. Or they did that her, in fucking Dark which, Knight as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. But it was just, you know, it was just like, come on, dude. Really? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those movies scenes that's kind of like an homage to older shit, like fucking Charlie Chaplin. Right. Not Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Oh, okay. Shit like that. Like, it's stunt work I know, stuff. But again, it doesn't help when it's like the same music composer and the same music and the guy gets dropped in acid. You know, it's, it's just like boom, boom, boom. Sure, yeah. You know, it it is. It's It gets irritating. It's like you're me. dry humping the movie at this point and you squirt it all over its back. No. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost a lot of subscribers. I just want to say adios and sail away. <laughs> but anyway, that was the ending. You know, didn't Durant die? Oh, oh, he, he died had, in the helicopter. Yeah, Wasn't that's that was, right. I forgot. There was the guy was that was guy. basically Durant was the henchman villain. And then the guy above him was the fucking the bad guy who's like working with That's the politicians right. to to make shit happen. He's greasing the palms. And we got to mention that Durant died in or allegedly died in the helicopter crest because he allegedly back, he comes back in the second movie. Well, the whole his name's in the title. So, yeah. So in the final battle, Dark Man, and this is what this is what I found on IMDb. Says the final battle between Darkman and and Strack bears striking similarities in two Batman features: the Dark Knight. Batman has the Joker hanging upside down from atop a skyscraper, as Darkman does with Strack. While Batman refuses to give in to Joker's manipulations, Darkman drops a taunting Strack to his death. Other similarities are shared with Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, as Strack and Lex Luthor have kidnapped their enemy's love interest, Julie and Lois, respectively, in order to lure their nemesis to their home turf. Both Strack and Lex Luthor play the fool with Darkman and Superman, whilst already having the upper advantage, as well as both Strack and Luthor discuss stories of their fathers, their childhoods, essentially their god complexes. Because remember, he talks, Strack's like, my father used to build these buildings, and I used to walk up here. I find it rather relaxing, actually. And you see fucking Liam Neeson like, whoa, whoa. Right, that was just the speech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, yeah, they always have the speech. I don't have a god complex. I am God. <laughs> you know who that is? No. Baldwin. There's a movie where he plays a doctor. I can't think of what it is. Oh, okay. I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't have a God complex. I am God. <laughs> anyway, if anybody can name that movie, let me know. All right, guys, we're going to skip on to number two and three. These are going to be a little bit shorter because there's not much trivia. And, and, you know, I just wanted to give the full treatment to the first one at the very least. Hopefully you guys will stick around for the for the thing. If you want to skip to the spoiler free sections, you can always do that and just kind of get a gist of what we have. But you're going to miss out on all the good squirting on backs talk that we have. If you Stop. don't. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's fucking gross. I'm sorry. I can't not be me. I'm sorry. Anyway, if the next movie we're going to talk about is Dark Man 2, The Return of Durant. 1995. Okay. Dark Man and Durant return and they hate each other as much as ever. This time, Durant has plans to take over the city's drug trade using high-tech weaponry. Dark Man must step in and try to stop Durant once and for all. Tagline. Vengeance strikes hardest in the dark. <laughs> this is directed by Bradford May, who did Asteroid in 1997, an episode of Friday the 13th series, Gargantuan from 98, and was a cinematographer for Monster Squad. This is also written by Robert Easley, who wrote the Vanishing Sun trilogy and TV shows Cagney and Lacey, and The Equalizer, for those of you who aren't Born in the 70s or before then, uh, you probably won't know what the fuck that is. This has also got Lawrence Herzog, who was the writer on the 24 show and Heart to Heart, H-A-R-T. We also have uh, actors, oh, and Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert produced this. Uh Or was it Ivan Raimi? Can't remember. But I know Sam definitely produced this because it was his property for the most Mm. part. But anyway, we have starred Larry Drake, who returns as Durant. We have Arnold Vosloo, who plays the new Dark Man instead of Liam Neeson. He was in the mum, mummy. He was in the Mummy movies. Anaxunamon. That's what I kept saying the whole fucking time. Yeah, the whole time. Anaxunamon. <laughs> Every time he popped up on screen. <laughs> he was also in Blood Diamond, Odd Thomas, GI Joe movies, The Progeny. He was in the 24 TV series Hard Target. We also have Kim Delaney, who plays Jill, the Devil's Child. She was in in 1997, Mission to Mars. Body Parts, which is another movie I'd like to watch. Uh, she was also in an episode of Tales from the Crypt and is on General Hospital. We have Renee O'Connor, who plays Laurie, a regular on Xena, Warrior Princess, which was also a Sam Raimi production. Uh, Boogeyman 2, the 2007 movie. Monster Arc, 2008. Bitch Slap. Lawrence Dane. Oh, Bitch Slap. We also have Lawrence Dane, who plays Dr. Hathaway. He was in Scanners from 1981. And Brodied of Chucky. Yay. This movie had a budget of half as much, $8.5 million. Hmm. That's why Liam is not in this movie, I guess. <laughs> they couldn't afford him. They got budget, Liam Neeson. <laughs> they got <laughs> Wish. Uh, he's, he's kind of Irish. I mean, they broke the wall down, didn't they? So, he, he, you know, he could be British or Irish. I don't know. <laughs> That's what they were thinking. Because Arnold Vosloo oh. is like, what is he? He speaks like this, talks like, hello, I am overacting. <laughs> totally. No offense. I mean, I've seen him in some good movies, but he's been in a lot of bad ones. Let me tell you. Well, and I got to tell you, watching this and seeing him as Darkman, of course, he wasn't like as It's upsetting as a little. Yeah. But it also makes you, I just wanted to watch The Mummy the whole time. Because right. like, that's, his, that's his stereotypical character. Right. That he's like stuck in. Like, so... Watching this, I just, 
<laughs> Watching Sounds like the- a like a perfume. <laughs> but uh, as for Durant, I liked. The oh, kids. so you're already going into your whole spiel. I didn't even. Oh, are you done? I didn't know. You didn't say what you. Th- I was gonna. I usually go, hey, Christina, what did you I think of this movie? And you're just like rattling it off. She's like, let's get this fucking show on I the do. fucking road. I do. Can I go, please? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I liked the Durant character in the first movie. He was fine. I didn't like him as much as in this movie. I don't know why. He was kind of irritating to me. Okay. Um, Durant? Yeah, Durant. The Durant well, he's character. A, it's because he's written a little bit differently. Yeah, and I didn't like it. It's not as good like as it. a balance that I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. There's no balance in this one. Yeah. There's like, I It's just not... over the top, and then they don't care to pull it back. And the storyline is weird, because usually I don't like, like, atypical storylines, but it would work better for this one, because they added, like, this journalist aspect into it, where this, this journalist was, like, going around and, like, interviewing people, and shit happens to her for no reason and then they got this guy who owns this building and his sister involved and this guy is like a scientist research guy like it was just like too much well a lot of the characters weren't really characters they just like seemed like regular people yeah and they were just like there they were there to die <laughs> right some of the henchmen were okay like you know durant's men yeah like they were they, characteristic they, character they were actors they were but but like silly. the scientist guy it was like oh hey it's joe you know yeah. like who the fuck is joe yeah no yeah it didn't he's like important. he wasn't very distinguished he was just like a regular guy not important whatsoever. it's like hey that's oh that's my friend jake's dad <laughs> he's just in the movie <laughs> <laughs> i did like the music the background music better in this one didn't irritate me. I didn't keep thinking. Oh, you know, diddly, 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 diddly. Exactly. I don't know why. Wow, you're talking shit about Danny Elfman now. Where are we going with this? No, it's just for that movie. Nobody's perfect. Well, they had themes by Danny Elfman in this one, <laughs> I, which I don't know what that means. No, Did that they... meant the, the beginning theme. It was exactly the same as the first movie. Okay. That's what it was. But it the was, music in the movie was different. Was was done by like somebody named Miller. Okay. I made sure. Okay. 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 Yeah. Didn't like the story. I would not. I would just stick to the first movie. And I didn't even like that that much. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Wow. This is close to the the first movie? Yeah. Well, yeah. You blow my mind with this shit. I know. know? I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean to make it sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think? I'll ask you. So this is definitely much more silly than the first one. Like, you can tell the writing style is completely different. Than the first two. It's a mimic. You know, it's definitely a mimic. The beginning of the movie kicks off kind of feeling like you're in the same movie, but then you quickly realize that, yeah, this, like, they kick, I will say this about the sequels. They kick off the movies really good right in the beginning, Uh both, both the second and the third one. Yeah. So that's a good thing. And that's the pacing that you get, you know, because it's very erratic in the first movie. It's like very fast paced and like going wild. I don't know. You can just tell the writing is different. It's similar enough to keep up, but the, the you know, I don't know. The big boom in the beginning is important for the movie, but the pacing in this one is way shot out of fuck. It's it, it takes out all the romantic aspect of uh, stuff in this one, which might be a happy thing for some people who didn't like the romantic element in the first one. Um, but it kind of seemed pointless. Like he didn't seem he seemed like he was aimlessly. I don't know. To retread him trying to like solve the 99 minute like mask just destroying like destroys itself that the skin falls apart and destroys itself it just seemed kind of redundant and Mm -hmm. overdone i understand that they introduce new character who is 
basically solved the problem for him because he's not smart enough to figure it out for himself. Apparently, another guy is trying to make a skin substitute and they work together and then that guy gets fucked. The acid fried his brain so he can't do it on his own. Yeah, he's way more like uh, kind of like a Bond type character in this one than 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 the first movie. Mm-hmm. More action in this. No, I wouldn't say more action. I mean, Bond, like, sexy kind of guy. You know, oh, like, okay. Liam Neeson's character was a scientist, not a sexy sort of, like, oh, I'm Val Kilmer. Are you saying Liam Neeson isn't sexy? Well, I mean, at least Darkman <laughs> didn't have nipples. <laughs> so we got that going for him in this movie. <laughs> but, I don't know, the beginning starts off with a boom, like I said. The most part of the pacing is pretty familiar, but it dips really heavy in the tail end of the second act into the third. And Bradford May attempts to give the camera work some Raimi style to it, but, you know, it's just not as... It's not Sam Raimi. It's kind of hard to like fill those shoes for a guy who kind of revolutionized fucking camera work for all the movies that he did beforehand by literally making a character in his movies almost. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a super fan of the first, so it's, you know, it's only natural for me to not be a super fan of the second one, obviously, especially with seeing Liam Neeson being removed and replaced is the first misstep for me. I mean, I understand that there's a fandom for it, so they wanted to see a sequel and to see more of the story. So I get it, but it just feels like I, like I don't think Liam Neeson was like the end all be all dark man, but it just didn't help in this scenario. Do you, does sense. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like this one starts off okay, but it very quickly slips into the like comic book version of the films, the first film's comic book version. <laughs> does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like if there was a comic book in the movie, in the movie Dark Man. In the movie that was part of the lore, this would be the comic book version of that dark man in this movie. So it's like the budget version. Um, I don't know. It's just very comic book meta like that. So like if you like the first film and you enjoyed that, this one's going to be a little different, like, well, a lot different of a version for me. Uh, Dark man, it just seemed better in the first one for me. But the lore is probably how it would have felt like if you went into a sequel it just seemed kind of like lazy, like the sequel to this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, know what you mean. I don't know. Like, how long are you going to like this guy figured out? He's not that stupid. Mm-hmm. It's been five fucking years, dude. Like he could have figured something out. He could have gotten the ninety nine and a half seconds or whatever. Skin graft himself, you know? <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I was like, do you think it burned off his ding dong or something? Like, and could he have sex? Because everything in the. Why is that where you always go? Because that's what I'm thinking about. Like, if he was like with his wife and he stayed with her, they would naturally probably get intimate, right? So. Yeah, but that's probably why they didn't stay together. Yeah, because it'd be like a prune, like a hard prune. Just all. Ugh. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I can't help it. Okay. I'm eight years old. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, Arnold Vosloo was decent. I will give him some credit, but you know, it's, it's hard for him to kind of replace a character that people liked or didn't like. They probably didn't care because the movie wasn't as successful. It was successful, but wasn't as successful as the production team wanted. Um, I don't know. Just felt like a cheaper version to me. And perhaps that's not his fault. It's just inevitable. But but it really does show its wear in the third film. I didn't hate this particular movie by any means. We we had fun watching it. It was just a little harder to take it seriously. You know, it's like about 30 minutes in, you're like, okay, yeah, now yeah, th- this is not 
dark, man. Doesn't feel right. It, I don't know. It's got like a S big film kind of feel to it. Once you get past the half mark and you really need to be kind of a, it feels like you need to be a fan of the first film so much that it'll carry you through the sequels. <laughs> I hate to say that, but Durant is definitely worthy of worthy villain to see in the sequels again. And as absurd as it technically is to see a guy return after his death, um, you know, it's just nice to see Larry Drake back in that suit. You know what I mean? It feels very much of the bridge that would tie or be needed in order to be able to continue the sequels. And that's probably why they put that movie first, because the second movie was supposed to be the third movie. Oh, okay. And the third movie was supposed to be the second, because they did them back-to-back, guys. Oh, they did? Yes, for a fact. It's a year apart, so. I don't know. Just this movie in particular was just a little too much for me. I still enjoyed it. I'll definitely watch the sequels when I go down the dark manhole again. Pardon the the terminology but i'd say this one's pretty average or under average if larry drake wasn't in it it would have been a hell of a lot worse probably a four out of ten maybe there you go same score high five for me if you go in with a so bad it's good approach it'll have a much better time i think i know people love these films the sequels and stuff so please don't take it personally that it just it just isn't for me but you know i don't think newer fans are going to enjoy these as much if if they even like Dark Man at all, they're not going to enjoy the sequels. Mm-hmm. But maybe they will. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and I don't know. My taste sucks. You can tell how much I didn't enjoy a movie by the doodles I make on my notes. <laughs> yeah, look, Jesus Christ, what is that? A, a man with a stick between his legs? What is that? Anyway, so Christina gave it a four. I gave it a four. I I'm judging her four because I feel like it's like a three to her. <laughs> Um, but we'll just say it's a four out of 10 for both of us. And the first movie was a six, no, a 5.75 between the two of us Math to maybe six, Mm. but yeah, we do have some trivia that is involved. It's not a whole lot. We will, uh, of course be spoiling some things in this section. So if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to check it out, like I said, you can watch all three up on shutter skip to the next spoiler-free review of part three, and then come back when you've seen them all and then listen to the trivia and stuff. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, as I mentioned, Dark Man 3, Die, Dark Man, Die, was filmed first, in order, rapid succession of part two. So they filmed that first and then decided to put part two out before it with Robert with Durant. So it was, they made it in the latter part of 1993, It was put to direct to video on the 11th of July in 1995. So it had been sitting for two years because they planned it that way. This was the first direct to video live action film that was released by Universal Studios ever. That's what Blockbuster was popping. 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 At the premiere of this film, Sam Raimi told Larry Drake that Durant will be back in the third film. But, of course, obviously, it never happened because <laughs> they'd already filmed it. <laughs> so I don't know why he said that. And maybe it was a joke. I, I don't know. Probably a joke. The beginning of this movie was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, seeing Durant back. And it, I love how they wash over how he comes back. They're like, how would he survive a helicopter crash like that? He was in a coma for 800 days. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. I wrote it down. And then he woke like, up. As, with, did he have a scar in his head? Like, did they make a scar in his head? No. That was just part of his head? Yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was a divot in his head or something. But, like, his skin didn't scar up at all. Like, it just, like... He must have used the, the, the 
skin graphing technology. Yeah, someone needs to fucking test lasts, his blood out. It Jesus. lasts longer than 99 minutes. I mean, who gives a fuck about fucking, you know, dark man when you can fucking live through a goddamn fucking helicopter crash, crash that slams into a fucking uh, a bridge at 60 miles right. an hour. And it explodes into a fireball that sets the whole city on fire. Like, Jesus. I thought the beginning of this movie was absolutely ridiculous because Darkman takes money from people who stole money and he takes it for himself instead of, like, giving it back to Oh, the yeah, that was funny. he stole it from. Thank you for your donation. It's yeah. like, yeah, we they stole this from children. Yeah. Why wouldn't you return it? Good job, Batman. Yeah. Good job, Darkman. <laughs> <laughs> there's like the, the kids like my daddy had his money stolen from him thanks for the donation i'm out <laughs> uh the, we get it started off with fucking vaslu throwing a fucking what was he he threw a fucking like manhole cover at somebody like a frisbee they were talking about and the guy couldn't get up because it was on top of him which you know i don't know it was kind of interesting but it was like they recut the beginning they recut peyton so Liam Neeson's character. They did like a montage of the first yeah, movie. Which they do in the third one too. The same thing. But mm-hmm. they, they like edit in Vaslu Instead of Neeson. His face into certain segments of it. <laughs> which just. Funny. It, uh, I mean, I get why. They used to do shit like this a lot because they couldn't contractually get these actors like they do Marvel now. Mm-hmm. Where they put them and force them into these fucking roles. Now they're craftier and they think these things are, uh, you know, like. Like, what's his name? Who plays Spider-Man now? Uh, he got fucked. Tom Holland fucking got roped in for fucking like five movie deal or something like mm-hmm. that, which at the time he was make you know, that was a really good deal what he got. But he's making pennies compared to what those movies are making now. Right. So hopefully he got smart. I don't know how much. Hopefully it increased if it did well or something. I doubt it's corporation. Because there was that You're time. There was that period of time, you know what I mean, where they fucking did that with fucking actors. Mm-hmm. They'd fuck them over if the movies were super successful. And and there's just, now fucking the newest Spider-Man movie is like one of the highest fucking rated films in history now. One of. I think it I think it might have beat the end game. I don't remember. I can't remember. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy's fucking sitting pretty. <laughs> You know what I mean? So he was like, I think he was in an interview and they were like, yeah, I think it beat a Avengers Endgame. And he was like, really? <laughs> really? Wow. That's special. Zendaya, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear this? I'm a weirdo. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Getting into my hero status thing. Now Darkman lives underground, by the way. That's a new thing. Did you notice? Oh, yeah, he's in the sewers. He's like in a, the sewers. Like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. And he doesn't eat pizza. That's the weird thing. Yeah, I was a little confused. Fuck? Yeah, but they did, the one guy who they he, who got out of, they, like, chased him down there, and then he, he rose up to get out of the sewer, and he, then didn't he get, like, decapitated no, by that a was No, that was Rick. That's Ted Raimi from the first movie. Oh, that was the first movie. Sorry. I but they, they did it in the third movie. You're getting, oh, you're getting, and then I'm totally picking. That's the, why the I take notes, Christina. Wrong movie. This is why. Yeah, I, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I don't have to speak. Anyway, so he lives in the sewer, but the thing that they've updated is kind of made him more Batman-like. So he has like a talking computer that's like everything's talking, including his little train, his little train track thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. and he, he like lives in the sewer where there apparently there's plentiful like he's like tapped into the main lines that he's like you know working in dilapidated states. You know what I mean? But he's also very you know British and very like 
you know, proper. And <laughs> he's like, man, Doc man. <laughs> <laughs> Grey Poupon, is that what No, 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 I'm thinking of Bond. James Bond. Oh, I was like, Grey Poupon. Oh, my God. <sighs> Durant gets another scientist to help him out. And that guy seems really familiar. And I can't remember what he was in. But he's like one of the better actors in the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. The scientist guy. Him and Durant are good in it, but Durant's a little, his lines are super cheesy. Right. They get a little too much. They like comically blow a hole in the cell of the scientist and he's in there feeding him a luxurious meal and hookers. He's like, you drive a hard bargain. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, a guy who's been in jail for 10 years is going to fucking leap on that opportunity (laughs) to make weapons of mass destruction, which by the way, these weapons, okay, (laughs) they're energy weapons that fucking so Durant, okay, let me just explain this. So Durant has a plan that in order to come up, they're going to create weapons of mass destruction in this movie. And in and and in the movie, when they test them out, it literally blows up an entire building just about. Like it's that big of an explosion. And he gets this right-wing politician to buy these guns from him. And I did the math on it because he was selling them what? 4 million a pop or something like that. And he gives them like, I don't know, 400 million dollars or some shit, crazy shit. And I'm like, where the fuck is a local senator fucking getting $400 million from in order to fucking do it? But then again, I think about oil and I think about all these money that they're probably making off the backs of people's dead lives. And then I think, you know, (laughs) then they go. And this is the funny thing about this fucking movie is that this movie is ahead of its time, literally ahead of its time, because at the time they're making like Nazis and stuff like that comic in this movie, because the right wing sort of political figure that is like all about guns and freedom and patriotism, because we didn't start using the word patriot until after 9-11, by the right. way. I remember. But this was 95. So right. it was very common. And we mm-hmm. sort of united over it. But there was like this guy who was like a comic book character version of a right wing, far right wing political figure who has skinheads, Nazi skinheads around him. (laughs) And I kid you not, some of the dialogue in this was fucking funny, dude. Like they were making fun of them in the movie a lot, but there's this journalist that figures out who Peyton is and he's dressed in this like regular, his regular self this time, like dark man is. Mm-hmm. And he has a dramatic, poorly acted moment explaining how Durant took his life. And she's like, I'm going to expose him tonight. <laughs> she's like the whole moment where she's like, she gets on TV and she exposes him on live TV and then she goes outside and like she's doing a piece on like women's orgasms. They're like treating her like a typical female, right? You know, like the typical rag that they're like, oh, do it on women's orgasms because you're a woman and you're worthless and you can't talk about real politics, you dumb bitch. (laughs) So they like she's like, fuck that. And she tells about Durant on the news that he's still alive and her direct boss is like you motherfucker what the fuck are you doing you're fired after this but his boss is like super pleased with it he's like we're getting phone calls off the hook over here and she's like high-fiving people on the way out you know like (laughs) to her car Yeah, and it's like i'm a woman (laughs) you know like shit's like fucking popping off her and it's like this really happy moment for her of levity and she walks all proud and and then Peyton's outside and he's like, Hey, just be careful, you know? And she gets in her car and boom! Explodes. 
Dude, I fucking lost it at this point. I was like, that was a really good, like, you know, sleight of mind kind of explosion because it surprised me. But the, the, the Nazi thing that I was talking about is that the politician shows up and they're showing him a test of his guns. And he has like, a, that was $100 million. Even $100 million is a lot of money. Right. And they, they blow up a gas tanker with it. And I'm thinking, do you really need 20 of these motherfucking guns? Yeah, why? This thing is blowing up tankers for fucking just one. Right. Like, 20 is a little overkill. And it's the mid-90s. Like, nothing was really happening. <laughs> like, why do you do guns? I know, for one small city? Like, yeah. Jesus. But Duran's scientist starts singing, glory, glory, hallelujah. And the politician and his Nazi thugs are smiling. And he says, Mr. Durant, you have fundamentally changed the right to bear arms. He's all happy. And Durant is like, the far right to bear arms. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible dialogue. Oh, my God, dude. What the fuck? (laughs) I forgot how silly it was. You know, like, that's how stupid it is. Right. You know, it's too much. It's It's too much. But it's really kind of odd how, like, on the nose that is of today's standards and how it was very similar back then even. Right, because it's always been that way. I don't think it was as popular to talk about politics back then. No, it wasn't. But, well, we were younger too, so right. it wasn't. Yeah, but I don't yeah, but I just don't think it was as like cuz like the politics these days is so much more popular to be talking of all ages. Mm-hmm. It's like kids which are activists great. now in school. Yeah, that never happened. Oh, no way. I would never. Are you kidding me? Never. Like the most we <laughs> would do is like run around a track to get fucking like money for cancer kids or some shit. And it like never that. even went to them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like people would just throw money at you and you, you never did it. You're just like, oh, yeah, I walked like 20. <laughs> I don't know. How does it end? I forget how it ends. There was like a bunch of ridiculous shootouts. Like Durant scientists calls the politicians a bunch of Nazis. And then they yell at him calling him a commie. Oh. And then it's like, the car explodes. The Durant got in the car and it exploded. That's right. Yeah, I do vaguely like remember it. it. It's like it's just Durant and Darkman. And then he has. Oh, that's what it was. Because they introduced this weird like rat uh, remote control rat. That, oh, yeah. that Darkman had made for some reason. Weird. And like, it's like comic book style, like literally with red eyes and it's about the size of a cat and it's riding around and like, it's got like fake fur on it. And then Durant is like, steals the like limo and somehow fucking Darkman has control over the limo and the rat. And he drives the limo backwards while driving the rat underneath the car or something. And then the explosion is like three times as big as the helicopter. You know what I mean? Like it was huge. Weird. Which that is one thing in these movies, these sequels, the explosions were probably the most expensive part of the entire films. Like no joke. The third one has a biggest explosion that it looked like someone died. Like two people. Yeah, it looked like that shit from a what was it, the Twilight Zone movie? Well, we'll get it. Yeah, that's no oh, shit, right? Jesus. But anyway, he he's like telling Laurie her brother's dreams died with him, and he's like mine with the rent. Protect your dreams, Laurie. And she's like, thank you, Peyton. And that's the it. It's kind of it's kind of lame, but that those funny bits in there are kind of funny, right? So it's like kind of notable, but. 
We do have another movie to talk about, and if you guys are buckled the fuck up, we have some interesting, fun stuff to talk about that movie. Great. It's been a fun episode so far. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, we got Dark Man 3, Die, Dark Man, Die. Die, Dark Man, Die! From 1996, when he double-crosses a drug kingpin, Dark Man must free himself of his remote control clutches. Okay? Wow, they actually put that in the, the description? The fucking, yeah, they did. And it was like a... It was like tiny a tiny part yeah, in the whole movie. I don't know. I think it's on the movie poster, too. All right. Tagline. One fights for justice. The other fights for power. Only one can survive. Lame. Lame. Okay. This was also directed by Bradford May. Yeah. Who we mentioned before. This one was written by Michael. Kaliri. Kaliri, who wrote Face Off. Okay. Okay. Which makes sense. That does make sense. And he also wrote uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. And, I mean, I guess that makes sense, too. But. And Death Wish from 1994. Okay. It was also written uh, by Mark Werb, who wrote The Mask. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. What a weird group of... Oh, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Why would they pick somebody like... I guess they, they picked Michael for the, the action, and then they picked Mike Werb for The Mask, mm-hmm. for the comedy yeah, part. I, yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? Or, well, he probably did The Mask later. Yeah, it was later. Okay. Not too much later, but it was later. Okay. This movie stars Jeff Fahey, who plays Peter Rooker. He was JT in Planet Terror, my favorite movie. You want some barbecue sauce? <laughs> Tastes good. It's got uh, blood in it. I didn't even recognize them. Yeah, he's, he's great in Planet Terror. Yeah, he really is. Uh, he's also in The Lawnmower Man from yeah. 1992, Dark Hunters, uh, Machete, uh, he was Frank on Lost, and he was in Alita Battle Angel. Angel yeah, not Angle. <laughs> and then, of course, again, we have uh, Arnold Vosloo, uh, and then we have Darlene. Um, no, Darl Ann. Oh, Darl Ann. Flugel. Flugel. Darl Ann Flugel, who plays Dr. Thorne. She was a doctor in Scanner Cop. That's right. And she was in Pet Cemetery 2. Mm-hmm. To Live and Die in L.A. Okay. Also starring Roxanne Dawson, who plays Angela. She was in Star Trek Voyager, the TV show, like every single episode. And she was also in a movie called Blood In, Blood Out. Oh, dude, I haven't seen that in forever. I need to watch that again. <laughs> uh, we also have Nigel Bennett, who plays Nico. He was in The Shape of Water. Hmm. And he was in The Strain TV show. The Fish Fucker movie, huh? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that. All right, I don't know the budget on this movie, but what did you think, Alex? Um, well, this one's pretty much the same as the other one for the most part. Mm-hmm. They bring, you know, the romance element back in in this weird way and two different people in the movie, which is kind of awkward because it, you know, it's two different people that it's hard to explain without spoiling it. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's like and of course, how are you going to make love to a crusty skin skeleton? I have no idea, but that's what they wanted to put in here. Uh, it's it's like, what's it like down there? You know, like <laughs> that's why I can't help but think of it. You know what I mean? Like, how far does this relationship fucking romance thing go? You know, I kid. I'm just kidding. Calm okay, down. Well, okay. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's pretty much more of the same. You know, I like Jeff uh, Faye's uh, Rooker, but he definitely pales in comparison to Durant's villain. Durant is definitely the ultimate villain for Dark Man, in my opinion, and he didn't just have that. He just doesn't have the same swagger as Durant. You know, there's something about him that I like, and they wanted to make him a little bit more cold and a little more still, which Fahey does well. He's a little bit more of a looker than, obviously, Durant, 
So he's kind of a pretty boy, bad boy, you know? Um, he's kind of like a playboy in this movie, right? Because he's like fucking totally. everybody. Yeah. He has like millions of mistresses and shit. Duran was ruthless and and all, but, you know, Rooker is too in this movie, so Fahey's part is not too bad. He just kind of often stares off into the distance when he says things a lot. Plus, we really didn't get to see that many scenes of Jeff Fahey in this movie. I know he's in it a lot, but I just mean, like, you don't really get to get to know his character that well in this movie. He's just a bad guy. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like we know more about Durant, but we have seen two movies of him a little bit. So, yeah. but he was written better, I think. And I think that's why Jeff Fahey is just still and stoic. And it just doesn't work for me. I like Fahey, but I don't know. This one had me laughing a pretty good amount, too, just like the last one. But it also has some pretty drag moments. Like, it just flowed a little bit better, I think, than the first one. Or, excuse me. It just flowed a little bit better than the second one. But it lacks in the villain department. And it and it lacks in the writing department also. Like, I feel like the second one's better written in some regards and like things that they say. Well, this one's better paced and then also shittier written in some of the things that they say. So it's, <laughs> it's like a trade off. You know what I mean? Like they're where one excels, the other one does not do well at. So it's weird. The cheese levels do go through the roof on this one. Make it that sort of like extra too much entertainment. I realize that some people love these sequels, but it's just not that much for me, guys. Like, I really like it's funny, but it's not like adoring funny. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that kind of funny. Like, oh, that's oh, really cringy. Like, yeah, it's very cringy. It's an old style, you know, like being mimicked of an old style. <laughs> so it's like 95 trying to mimic an old 90, 89, 90s sort of style that just is almost getting played out already in the cinema. So and it's a straight to video. So you can imagine the breadth of talent that we're getting in acting here. That's not exactly on the nose, uh, like as far as quality. I don't know. It just felt like this one was more like a rust afterthought than anything. And it really needed to have like better moments in it than to just laugh at it. You know, like Arnold Vosloo has some pretty bad lines in here. And holy shit, did Darlene's fucking flugels, the Dr. Thorne characters have the worst. She says, life's a bitch. And so am I. Uh, cringe. I was like, dies of cringe. <laughs> I mean, it's totally hilarious when we heard it. We both rolled our eyes and we're like, oh, God. <laughs> the romance in this one is so all over the fucking place, too. And it really feels more like a TV movie at the time than anything else. Like TV stuff has changed. I always mention that drastically from what was acceptable back then. Mm -hmm. Like it is almost on par now. It's a little, it's a slightly different, you know, but it, it, it's, it's more passable. as like a movie nowadays, you know? So I don't know. It's a really weird thing to look at these films and compare them to today. People who love these aren't necessarily wrong. They just have probably more fonder memories of the first one than I do. And I completely understand it. So example, Eddie Murphy's golden child. You know what I mean? I think of it highly. You thought of it shitty. So my question is, are newer people who are never seen these movies, are they going to come into these thinking, oh, yes, let's do this after the first one and then be really disappointed <laughs> by seeing the sequels or what? It's definitely a step down from the quality that Sam Raimi did. And even his is a little flawed, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to win a lot of newer, younger fans, but it's definitely going to be a fond memory for those who grew up with it. Let's put it that way. I'd give this one probably a four out of five as well. Maybe less just because of the villain. 
but it's right there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like almost the same as the as the last one. It's a little bit more of a flowing styled story, not a better villain. So it's close, but not really that much to make a difference for me. So where one excels, the other one doesn't. So Christina. Yeah, I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish with this love story thing. Dude, it's weird. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, It's like it a woman's love. in love with this other man who has a child with and then she's falling in love with Dark Man. Because he reminds her of how her husband used to be, and now he's like a fucking sadistic fucking murderer who's re- who's literally having sex in front of her in You're the movie. You're spoiling a lot of things right now. What are you doing? I don't think it's spoiling. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of, like, guy he is, you know? Yeah. So. I don't know. I did like the, um, I did like the parts, like, there's there was a birthday party, and, like, I did like those parts of the character. Okay. That was like entertaining. I like the parts where I guess Peyton's character is playing Rooker in it a little bit. Right. But he's not as goofy. It's like a very serious tone. So yeah. go ahead. I don't know. I'm sorry. But uh yeah, it was really slow. Again, it kicked off in the beginning. I don't think it was as slow as the second one. No, the second one was slower, but this one had slow parts. It was like really good in the beginning and then it, it was and then it like trudged. And then it was kind of good. It had like good parts, and then it just kind of ended. Okay, you know what I mean. I didn't like that, but I mean, I did enjoy it more than the second one, not as much as the first one, but I still would give it a four. I'd give it the same score because I just I don't know. I I, I and yeah, you know what gets me too is you can watch all these movies and not have to watch like them in order, really, because they. Well, all- you'd have to watch the first one. Oh, yeah, for the origin story, but I mean... Clearly. But still, you would be able to figure it out. It's like not that Yeah, you don't need to watch two or three. Like, and they it, do a fucking recap. <laughs> you I mean, know, if like, you like Duran in the first movie, watch the second one. If you don't like Jeff Fahey, don't watch that one. If right. you like Jeff Fahey and you like Durant, watch both. Right. Or if you like Darkman in general and you want to watch him, watch them both. Right, but yeah. It's just don't expect the same level of fucking quality here. But yeah. the explosions and shit in this one are Whoa, insane. Those endix. Oh, my. Yeah, we we rewatched it a couple times because we were like, what? The Dude, fuck? that was like one of the biggest explosions I think I've ever seen. And I'm thinking of like how they blew up that neighborhood in America. Invasion America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With fucking uh, what's the blonde haired fucking action star? Chuck Norris. Uh-huh. Where the fucking I think it was the. um. Uh, global globus guys the fucking uh boogaloo they did the invasion of america i have no idea anyway they blew up a house like way too much dynamite uh-huh. it just blew up like and this this is an entire factory that's going on in this uh-huh. i was like blown away by that i hope you found some trivia on that no I tr- i've been looking and stuff that so we'll, we'll get oh, into okay. it here a little bit here but anyway like i said four out of ten Whatever. Four out of ten for this one as well. Yep, same, same score. It's about the same, and it really yeah, it is. Really and is we're, I think same. we're being nice about this by giving it four. Like, yeah. Honestly, it's just because we laughed at certain parts in the movie mm-hmm. that I think added to the enjoyment, entertainment value of this movie. It's not necessarily good. Mm-hmm. It's just has some entertainment value to it. Mm-hmm. So four out of ten for both of us on both of these sequels. Both of these. Well, we do have no trivia on this movie other than the fact that it was essentially a movie that was supposed to be the second movie, but they switched it at the last minute and put the third movie second. So they just changed the name uh, and called it Durant, you know, mm-hmm. the Dark Man 3 
is supposed to be Dark Man 2. But anyway. So, if you don't want anything spoiled, though, we're going to go over some of our scenes and what we thought was good or bad. And, uh, yeah, that'll pretty much be it. So, if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. The beginning of the movie kicks off with Jeff Fahey, a.k.a. Rooker, is making a drug deal with Johnny Lee, only it's for steroids, which is kind of surprising. And even the Johnny Lee character is a little surprised by this. And they test it in the little vials, you know, to see how, if it's blue or not, you know, uh-huh. if it's, if it's 99%. They and, do that on TikTok. They test for my, <laughs> the ingredients. Are- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to test. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. So right. Rooker pops one of the capsules in his hand and it splashes all over their faces. <laughs> and it's like, you see Johnny go like, Jesus, like in real life, I think he like jerked away because it splashed his face because <laughs> he smashes it in his hand. He's like, Johnny, you trying to cut me, bunny? He's like, not on my end, man. He's like, yeah, I bet you'd say that, huh? And they end up shooting all of Johnny's men. Mm-hmm. And Johnny's like, do you like the taste of that? I pissed in it. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets shot and it's over. Then the next part, which is one of my favorite things in the movie, is one of the henchmen, Dark Man, mimics and puts on his mask because he guess he's prepared for this one-off steroid fucking exchange for some reason we don't they don't explain why he knows about it he just happenstance he's like because he's scowling he's like he needs to get that money yeah he's combing the neighborhood for donations (laughs) (laughs) and it looked like the santa was already out of fucking money for the week (laughs) looked like red cross it had shaken him dry (laughs) yeah there was no homeless kids that he could steal from all right i'll stop Uh, but one of the henchmen, Dark Dark Man, mimics, and he steals the money and slips down into the sewer. And the same henchman that he's mimicking follows him, and he's like, "You made me look real ugly back there, man." And he's like, "Dark Man's like, it could be worse," and removes his face, and it's like, "Ah!" And he runs away. <laughs> and, and the guy runs and gets his head removed, coming up out of the sewer hole by a truck. <laughs> that's a decapitation. Yeah, that's the one you're that's talking about. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was like I was cool. like, okay, you know, I'm in, I'm on. But that's when the movie slows down. Yeah, but again. then we were like, oh, it's probably gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, budget slow. <laughs> Now it's dialogue heavy. <laughs> so anyway, Darkman is still trying to figure out the 99 minutes problem because, of course, he is after five years. That's the whole point of this whole fucking movie. I don't think it should be. I think it should have like expanded right. into like different problems, mm-hmm. different shit. Like that would have made it more interesting, right? Yeah, I think so. Like it, maybe this time he came up with a voice modulator so he could cover his voice. Because if you ask me, that's the one flaw in fucking the master of disguises fucking thing. He's not a ventriloquist. He's right. not a fucking. Yeah, he's, he's not a voice actor. Taking pictures and recording their their voices so he could get the right. Dude, this is how they voice. were doing it too. They were like, he's like recording him, and he's like, the guy's like, "Hey man, how you doing?" And he's like, "Hey man, how you doing?" <laughs> hey man, how you doing? Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, man, how you doing? And then he's like, all of a sudden, he's just like, hey, man, how you doing? And you can see his mouth's not even working properly. I mean, granted, I mean, he's mostly wearing his skin face because I guess now Darkman feels more comfortable in it. So he's wearing his leg, his regular face. All the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not the Liam face, but the Voslo face. But, uh... 
I would think that I wouldn't want to wear that all the time. Like, you know what I mean? But I guess if he can't feel anything, I guess sweating doesn't really bother him. It doesn't matter. And does he sweat? Because all of his flesh is all fucking. No, remember because that one doctor comes in and finds him in the sewer and is like, I'll fix your nerve problems because he can't feel anything. Because right. He doesn't have any nerves. And he just instantly trusts this bitch, yeah. too. And I don't know. Why would you want to get your nerves fixed if you can't feel anything? Right. Yeah, why? And, like, you're, and even if you did, it's not like your face that's burned off is going to be replaced. Right. But he was like, oh, with my technology and your help, I can fix my face and then it'll be perfect for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And you'll be able to feel nerves in your fake skin i don't know how the, <laughs> the science is not it's not real sciencey here but it doesn't matter because she was offering him a research center so she so he can do his shit right you know luring and he's just him like in. all right let's go let's go lady no no background checks this is a guy who has fucking technology rats and like he's following people he's all got, over the place. he's got dude he's got fucking electronics that talk to him and he doesn't check a background yeah, on this bitch you know, this fucking blonde ass doctor comes up okay let's so, go name one reputable scientist that's going to ask you to work for her and she just so happens to have a two million dollar fucking laboratory that's out of the way of any prime eyes any just just right. name one scientist that just has that kind of money going around first of all mm-hmm. second of all that that's going to do something as shady as like oh yeah sure work in this secondary lab i just happen to have mm-hmm. like come on dark man you're not fucking stupid are you <laughs> i mean maybe some of his head got burned or something his brain or something when he was like getting the acid in there i don't know but rooker is you know mad because he lost the money and so, of course, he gets this vendetta against Darkman, and he wants to find out how to become more powerful, like physically powerful, not money powerful. Mm-hmm. So he is using the steroids to try to develop some sort of, like, juice, some Darkman juice, if you will, to make him more powerful and stronger like Darkman, because he realizes that Darkman isn't a legend that he's real when he got stolen from him and he realizes that he jumped over an electric fence without any problems. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I that's want him. That. Yeah. I want some of that roid rage. Right. So he hires this doctor chick, Dr. Thorne to basically work him and get him to on their side. And then they cage him. They put a fucking thing in his neck where they connect his nerves again. It's like tracker thing too. Right. And <laughs> this is the thing. They put it in his neck and she's like, oh, it's a process. You know, it's going to take some time. And every time she pushes the button, he can suddenly feel his skin all of a sudden. So he just goes into panic shock and like (laughs) is in pain. Like, like that's what it's like. That's what it's going to be like. Oh, my God. I'm living in hell. Right. But then, of course, he's fucking dark, man. So he's like in this hole like that's kind of reminiscent of fucking the sheep movie. What is it? The cannibal, the Hannibal, the cannibal fucking puts the lotion in the skin. Silence of the lambs. Silence of the lambs. The sheep movie. <laughs> the sheep movie. I don't that fucking that? know. Then they had that fucking the sheep movie. The spinoff or whatever. I'm totally calling it that from now on. The sheep movie. Oh my god. <laughs> She's just gonna live it up now because like I've been picking on no, her all day. I'm serious. That's fucking great. I love it. Um. <laughs> Someone's like, oh, that's a political movie. <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> anyway, there's a scene where the doctor's like celebrating how they t- they got, you know, Dark Man, and they've, they've got him on lockdown with this neck thing that they put in his neck, and they stitched it up, and he's like in this hole, like all angry and acting like Vazalu, and <laughs> which is poorly, by the way. 
and he finds a pair of pliers that he pulls out his fucking neck thing and so they can't control him anymore which was pointless and then doesn't the henchman come in looking for him yes right? but wait before this like while he's pulling this out of his neck the jeff fahey rooker guy's fucking the thorn chick on a table mm-hmm. or well they're clothed but his wife walks in and she's just like rooker what are you doing and, and he's, he's like, just like hey he's like oh, what are you doing here hey honey <laughs> i told you not to come here you need to go home for our daughter <laughs> and it's like how could this i'm not even gonna ask it doesn't make any sense why they would be in a relationship and have a child together like if he's changed that drastically like that's some pretty drastic well, shit i hate to say it but she's probably because of the money <sighs> shit, well it was the money originally and now yeah and now he's he's so such an asshole like he won't let go of her i guess so she can't leave i don't want to get into that anyway it's <laughs> See, but that's, that's a landmine full of fucking. The, I know that's the fucking problem with this goddamn movie. It's Ugh. weird, but yeah, that's the thing is when Darkman starts to put on the mask of Rooker, then there's like this like moment where he's like spending time with the child again when he hasn't for years, mm-hmm. and like she's like rekindling some sort of memories about him, but it's not even him. It's Darkman, and Darkman's kind of remembering what it was like to love something and care for something again because he's been. You know, no emotions, no feelings whatsoever and gone crazy. So they would just be using each other pretty much. I don't know. She's willing to go there, but he knows that it's a lie. Right. Because at the end, they have that whole fucking scene or whatever where she chases after him. She's like, wait, Peyton, I just want to see your face. She can only date guys with cloth around their face. (laughs) So the invisible man's up for us. You know, like if he's around, I guess the... Anyway, <laughs> or the shadow, I guess, because he's got the hat and the cape. Anyway, Anak Sunamon. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple of scenes. I don't remember like all the scenes, but I just remember like the it started to kind of wind down a little bit and get a little too serious and not as funny. Yeah, even the parts when uh, uh she, so she she has the injection and she starts injecting the thugs because they want to make sure it works. Right, you would think that would be a really and, cool like uh, apparent yeah, change, but it's it was, not. I thought it was going to be like Secret of the Ooze shit. Like, no, you know what uh, I thought of is Double Dragon. Yeah, remember when those dudes are all beefed up or whatever? Like they're all beefed up, like, mm-hmm. and they they like juice them and they they, yeah, get, they didn't do anything to them. They yeah, just, they just made them go crazy. It was. It was pretty fucking stupid. It, yeah. it, I don't know. Like, it was really disappointing in that part. I yeah. was like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be able to jump higher? They, they didn't even do anything. Mm-hmm. They're just punching each other. And then right. they end up getting shot. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. They end up getting shot. See, that was it's like, well, point. I guess we know how to stop maybe, fucking strong people. Just shoot them in the head. Maybe we should buy more guns instead of injecting <laughs> them with fucking chemicals. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. Well, let's spend 60 billion on fucking chemicals. <laughs> And uh, man, we could buy a couple of guns too. Just take them all out. No, I thought the dinner scene was funny. It was the scene where he took the 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 wife to dinner, and they made it like plain like they were going to kill the wife, and instead they shot the uh, the mistress doctor. Oh lady. yeah, yes. she comes walking. That was a weird scene. Yeah, that was a weird scene, but I did like it. They were leading you in it, and they twit. They made it all twisty and shit. Yeah, because they were at the no, wasn't it? Well, there was that that district attorney. Because they, like, involved the district attorney. Right, because that's where the thugs were. They ejected those thugs. They went to the district you know what it, attorney. You know what this reminds party. me of? This this whole scene? Batman. Batman. Yep. When they come through the ceiling? Yep, Dark Knight, yep. 
No, 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 not Dark Knight. Talking about the Tim oh. Burton ones. Oh, the Tim Burton one. Okay. Do you remember there was like that? They were having like a ball. Oh yeah. And then the they dropped through they the. They were in the museum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it the museum? Oh, I don't know. There was like two scenes. Well, like anyway, that. they were having a yeah. fucking. The district attorney was speaking. I don't know where they were. I don't care where they were, but they dropped down. Mm-hmm. It was. It felt like that kind of scene, only like mm-hmm. really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they and then eventually Rooker gets high on the juice, like the 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 dark man juice that they've synthi- synthesized, and he like doesn't care that they killed the doctor, like as if like they they never needed her in the first place. It's so well, weird. obviously, be, well that because that was after the scene where the guys got shot. So then she, he was like, oh, this is pointless. That's right. And him and fucking Dark Man have this like pointless, dumbass fights. First, it's with pipes. Then they fist fight. And then his wife, Rooker's wife, dumps a bunch of bars on him and he lays on the ground like an idiot. And then he's like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then he's all angry. Like, that was the line that she should not cross. Like, <laughs> like after everything that you've done to this woman. like yeah, right. Uh, and then there's like a chase scene involving like a forklift and Rooker crashes it into a gas line and it burns the girl's face, the little girl's face. Remember? Yeah. She goes to the hospital. Yeah. And Rooker in, and that's when they had the fight. That's right. Then they had the fight and she drops the bars on him or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It goes on and on. Like it's a long, boring fight scene because, you know, they're both strong, so it doesn't matter. Right. Both, but if only, Rooker. If only someone had a gun. Rooker gets dumped into the industrial crusher. You know, where like you ever watch those videos where they like, drop shit in the, like a like a four wheeler and it crushes it with the little finger, like the right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like right. it, like a hole and it just like shreds yeah. it into a little bits. He like falls in. They don't show any blood. No nothing. Nothing. He's just like ah. It looked cool at first, but I was like, where's the blood? Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, what was it? Dark man saves his saves Rooker's wife and Jenny as the place is blowing up with like 17 charges, dude. Like clearly, like in reality, they did too many fucking charges because as these two stuntmen were walking out and I think there was a third one. Well, he was like holding something. He was holding the little girl. Yeah. Like it was another person. It was obviously a dummy. Yeah. Was it? and And then the wife. Yeah, the oh, wife yeah. was carrying the daughter, and then Darkman, or Darkman was, I can't I, remember. Darkman was carrying the daughter. Is that what it was? Yeah, and the wife was in front. So it looked like three people, but he was carrying somebody. But that's you, why. You see this explosion that is so huge, like, that there's, like, four charges go off, and it's, like, this really cool-looking thing. And then this other charge goes out, and it blows this blast of fire out that engulfs the the the, the actors mm-hmm. the stunt people and their hair and shit is on fire yeah, you can't see their bodies like they're in the yeah fire. they're literally all the way and, in the fire and then they back out and they go back in and the bodies are on fire they're walking on fire yeah all of them it's like what the fuck like, are we gonna address this yeah. like are we <laughs> and gonna... then the next all of a sudden it just cuts to the girl like as in if, the hospital yeah, yeah. And, and it's weird too Nothing because to them. Okay. because they repeat the scene of them being enveloped in the flame yeah they repeat it like oh this is really cool well they better but, because i'm sure somebody died but nothing <laughs> like, well i mean dark man obviously looks like shit because he's always looked like shit <laughs> But her mom is perfectly fine. Yeah, they're fine. She has eyebrows. She has hair. She has everything. I mean, her whole face would be eyebrowless. You know what I mean? Right. Like She would no longer have a mustache in the movie. <laughs> it is not bleach. Let me tell you. That is fire that she had on her face. Her hair was on fire in the fucking movie. But I looked. I tried looking this shit up for hours, and I could not find anything. I spent a lot of time trying to look. I mm-hmm. typed stunt. 
Darkman 3, stunts, That's you know, so weird. production, like all this stuff. I couldn't find anything on it. So it'd be interesting to hear that. I don't know why anybody didn't ask that on like the extras, but I guess they figured Darkman 3 is not a really high priority, <laughs> you know, for the extras. Right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we don't really need to track anybody down for this one. I mean, hopefully they died. I don't know. It's a mystery. That makes it even better. Oh, heart-wrenching but anyway th- that's not the end of the movie though because they no. go to the hospital and th- so the girl's the face is burnt is burnt and he's like i could fix her don't you worry don't know skin dra- graft i could fix her and then he fixed her he comes her back face. from the dead to yeah. tell all the doctors who he is he's like i'm peyton westlake mm-hmm. and i am this is my science you will back the fuck up and then he just pours it on her face and healed she's, and she's mag- magically healed christina said it looked like semen <laughs> which it kind of does but all they did is reverse photography on like um the finger because they show like him putting it on his finger at one point in the movie mm-hmm. and it automatically like looks like a finger i'm like wow that's really good technology maybe he's, that, yeah is that nanotechnology you got going on there fucking neo <laughs> like what's going on buddy but then he runs out of the hospital and the wife chases him to the roof where he calls her name saying, please don't follow me. And she's like, I want to see who you really are. You saved my daughter. I need to see the man who saved my child. And then he looks at her and she throws up. <laughs> she just says, thank you. And then he says, I, and then it's like him talking to himself like he would. And then I continued on with my journeys into the darkness. And it was just at credits. That's it. And then we never what saw a Dark terrible Man. terrible ending. We never saw Dark Man again. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. No, we did because you found that there's a fan film out there that does three parts of Dark Man, I think. All in one. Oh, no. that No, no. That was the TV pilot that you posted that no, you no, no. talked about. No, there's an actual fan film. Oh, I didn't know about the fan film. Yeah, I there's a fan that. film. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so somebody's like made a Dark Man movie or something or like a fan film. But hmm. so if you guys want to check that out, you can look it up online. It's not hard to find. I found it pretty easily. It's even in the IMDb credits actually. So which is weird because hmm. I thought you can't even put people's name in unless you paid somebody. Hmm. Isn't that part of the like Writers Guild or some shit? I don't know. I don't know. I'm part of no guild. <laughs> I uh, I uh, Mister Mister Longbottom. <laughs> What's the fucking... I don't know what you're talking about. What's the fucking Lord of the Rings Hobbit name? Dildo Baggins. Dildo Baggins. (laughs) Are you named Dildo? Uh, All right. We're a little buzzed, I think. I think, yeah, we got to go. But yeah, guys, (laughs) that's it for our Darkman trilogy. I know. I know. Some of you are probably squeezing your fists and want to punch us for, for making fun of your childhood or something. Just understand this is entertainment. And we don't care. <laughs> no, and you should squeeze your fist and punch yourself because we don't care. No, <laughs> no we, we're just having fun with it because that's the funny stuff that we like to look at when we watch movies. And, you know, we love movies. That's why we do this. So mm-hmm. if you love it, totally fine by me. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to sit there and crusade to, like, bury this shit. I'll spend two and a half hours almost talking about it. How about that? So what are you watching next week with Bloody Good Film Podcast? So next week, Bloody Good Film Podcast. You should look that up and listen to those guys. Steven Seagal in Against the Dark. And Sylvester Stallone in I-E-Y-E, I See You. This I See You, by the way, is kind of like a thriller, like seven type Mm -hmm. movie. Like it's... Mm -hmm. 
like a serial killer type fucking movie that nobody, many people remember or know about. Because it was kind of like in like one of Sylvester Stallone's lulls. And then against the the dark is Steven Seagal's like a couple of years ago. We were going to watch it. Remember no. on the podcast. It's about Steven Seagal fighting vampires. Oh, that's right. It's like a, you know, very B movie, mm-hmm. you know, style action film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was from 2009. It's on Tubi for free. The against the dark movie. And I see you, which is spelled literally I as in my eyeball. E-Y-E-C-U. It's also known as Detox in other countries, apparently, but it came out in 2002, and it's on Fubo, part of, like, Tubi on as well, so you can watch it on there, Crackle, so you can watch both of these for free, guys. Hopefully, you'll join us for a fun episode next week. Have fun. Yeah, we hope we did Darkman justice. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think about our thoughts. Thank you so much for coming by, and as always, Lovely the Voice.